No, he didn't slam you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing. We are an iRacing podcast based out of Australia, talking to you about all the cool things that are happening in the news and the results from our local area. We are in week 11, can you believe that, of season 4, 2021. It's almost there. Uh, and as predicted last week, we got a study at a leak in the dam of all the news starting to roll out. So we are here to talk about all that cool stuff, knowing full well that there'll be a whole heap of stuff coming out over the next 24 to 48 hours as well. I am Peter Wilco-Wilkinson. I'm joined tonight by the one and only Alex McKellar and also Braden Martin on his phone right now. How are you both? Yeah, doing good. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Not too bad. Not too bad. That's good. Now, we have a jam-packed episode for you for the first time in a while, so we won't waffle on too much. Uh, we do have a special guest, Ira, talked to us for about half an hour about Aussie Car, so we've got a bit of an Aussie Car wrap-up for the season, even though we're not quite finished yet. Uh, but we also have a whole lot of stuff to talk about as far as what we've been racing and, and news and results and stuff like that. Tonight, we're brought to you by CD Syntography, Brewster.Coffee, 24-7 Race Control, driversclub.net.au, and... Also, lockedonloads.com slash Discord. Go join us and have some fun in there. But let's quickly get straight into what we've been up to now. I know Braden hasn't been doing a lot because he's been trying to get his cricket the team to the, be the number one in South Australia, I guess, at that age group in that, that little vicinity of people, just a small group of people. But what have you been up to, mate, other than that? Yeah, honestly, not too much this week. Um, I know we were saying last week that uh coda was going well for me because i had that nice battle with alex there uh in aussie car but um it just just was not gelling with me this week so obviously the officials went to um coda west um the shortened little cut off all the straight track um which isn't really that short it's still like a minute 45 <laughs> lap but it's shorter than the full gp track um so yeah I, the only racing i've done is i did did two races there i jumped on and did some practice uh with Alex on Saturday morning, I think. Uh, we ran a few laps around there, which was not going well. Um, I think I had about 8 billion off tracks in the in the hour that I drove um, and then settled up and did an official later that afternoon, um, which went okay. Alex very kindly donated me a third place <laughs> um, after he had a little bit of an incident on the last, uh, last bit of the race. Um, but, yeah, just well off the pace, like, I uh, just couldn't couldn't find that. I, I think it's a. I look back at Coda when we did it in Aussie Car, and I, I put in a lot of time there. Um, I remember doing like two hours of practice with Tim Corn one day because I just could not work out what the hell to do on that track. And I remember rocking up to that round. I know I'm normally pretty negative Nancy in the Discord anyway, but <laughs> I was just pretty filthy. Like I was really worried about how I was going to go, and and I just remember on the night for whatever reason it it just fell into place like I just I don't know I just the temperature of the track just must have been perfect for my driving style and, and I went all right um and this week at Coda is just yeah I was just a good half to eight or nine tenths off the pace the the two races I did so yeah I just sort of floundered around uh in fifth place until I picked up a couple of freebies on the last lap uh Alex being a very kind gentleman and redressing with someone, even though no one else in officials redresses ever. So <laughs> at least your conscience is clean. <laughs> and um, the other race I did was was pretty similar. I was in fifth place. I didn't qualify that well. I um, 
I got a position, I qualified fifth. I got a position on the first turn um, from Sun Kit Wong, who's a pretty pretty quick driver. Um, he, I think he stayed behind me very politely for a handful of laps before deciding that I was in his way and it was way too slow. <laughs> and he just, yeah, got past me, drove away, couldn't stay in the draft. Just, yeah, I don't, don't know what it was. The track and combo just didn't gel with me and I didn't really get enough practice. So um, I knew I had a big day today, so I didn't do SNL. And I, I knew I would have been top split and well out of my depth last night um, with the low participation. So... Yeah, that was, that was my week. A pretty mediocre week. I managed to gain high rating overall, so that's a positive, I suppose. But yeah, not not a big fan of Coda West. Well, guess what? You get to do it in a couple of weeks' time again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Look, can I tell you, I really enjoyed our Saturday afternoon. Like We did some laps together, and uh, I thought I was going all right for pace, and then I turned <laughs> yeah. up, and an old mate just schooled me, to be honest. So... That start of that race, um, all the battling started, and our our karting champion, new friend that we found, <laughs> he uh, he broke up the lead pack, and I got away. I think it was out to two and a half second lead, and Braden's already on the radio. See Alex, see, I'm like, don't, don't put the mockers on me, please. And then, sure enough, my new best Brazilian mate, um, Guto de Carvalho, I think is how you pronounce it. Apparently, I put oh, Corey and I because he did SNL, and. Um, and I hosted him after the the right after the SNL broadcast because he's been he's been doing like 12, 14 hour streams, right? Um, and I was talking to my show thing, and um, he he heard us pronounce it, and he said, "Yeah, that's almost like saying horse in Portuguese. It's actually said <laughs> this way, right? So, oh, whatever." But yeah, look in the in the race, he he just kept chasing me down, chasing me down, and eventually um our new karting mate chucked it up the inside and I, I, I with two laps to go i was leading the race into turn one he chucks it up the inside and i was like whoops and i hear crunching inside me as cavalier's tried to follow him and i've just gone all right i'm going wide i'm not getting taken out with these muffets and <laughs> um then all three of them just went straight through and i'm sitting in fourth all of a sudden <laughs> oh good how's this anyway so last lap comes around we're going through the s's at the start and i just like we were last season, Braden, uh, different yeah. paces through that section. And I just, yeah. and I, I look, I know it was Netcode, but I, per, my personal view is Netcode is no excuse. So I uh, I pulled over and let him by. And in the meantime, Braden went by and and I just left it. So I took my fifth place, took my medicine and away we went. But um, later on in that, in that, like I said, I ended up, uh, he turned up for, um, this is, this is Guto Di Cavalio. He turned up for SNL. And like so many on their first appearance, he doesn't know what's going on, but he just happened to be streaming. So I hosted him, went in after, said, hey, mate, well done. Um, and he goes, oh, have I raced you before? I said, well, no, no, because I hosted him, he saw the channel. I said, yeah, check out the last video, you're in it sort of thing. And he just blows up. He's just so happy. He's so excited. He's, That's I'm cool. famous. I'm the most famous Brazilian racing. <laughs> like, he was just going off. Like, it was, and it absolutely made my week. It's absolute highlight of my week. He just loved it. Like he's talking to me saying, oh, I want to be famous. I want to get on the street so the girls will like me and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> and it was just it was just awesome. It absolutely made my week. But the other thing, in racing him and getting chased down like that, which, you know, I wasn't expecting actually. It was about a 25, somewhere between 25 and 2,600 strength of field. And I was away and I thought, oh, good, this is when I can bank a few laps and all the rest of it. No. And, and then he hunts me down. I thought, oh, righto. Here we go. So I went back. Did a couple of time trials, 
got my act together and then I found some genuine pace. Like I was, I I sent you a thing at the end and I was really happy with the pace that I had. So I went to do the 10 p.m. race uh, and then the 11 p.m. race on the Saturday because the 11 p.m. race is when the Japanese guys come out and do their their strength of fieldness, you know, somewhere around three and a half. It'll get to 4K at one point, I reckon. Yeah, they're all rising, that's for sure. Yeah, that's it. But then I I follow a few of them on Twitter and they were saying that they've got this little league thing going on a Saturday night and it overlaps. So they they weren't going to start till midnight. And I can't say that late. So I missed out. (laughs) So I didn't get to apply that pace that I thought I had. But uh, it was a very satisfying exercise in terms of, okay, wake up to see yourself, champ. You're not as fast as you thought you were. (laughs) And going away and finding that pace. So I looked and... Conditions notwithstanding, uh, in my race, I got a better quality time than the guy did in SNL. I also lapped in the 43s, and he didn't get a 43, and he took out SNL. So mm. from a you know a personal moral high ground kind of thing, I felt like I did okay. So um, I didn't get the, the the racing experience this week, but it was a little little shot in the arm, like, both a wake-up call and a shot in the arm for the confidence, and hopefully carry that into next week. But, yeah, so I really enjoyed the racing from that perspective, a lot of like a like a whole dramatic story in the week when it comes uh, to the end of it. But then, of course, and that's before we even talk about Aussie cars. So a lot happened for me this week, that's for sure. I must say, I'm glad you got a real nice positive experience out of it because for me, I felt like a real peanut because I was stuck in that little battle pack and I sort of felt like I was in and amongst it enough to to mix it. And I I made one of the comments that you made uh, recently in one of the races where, you know, this, I think I was either our new carding mate or or one of the other guys who I sort of said, well, Hey, we just, you make sure you don't lose that group now because (laughs) we need to catch up. And he didn't lose the group, but he lost me. (laughs) 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 So I just looked like a real tool, didn't I? But Hey, you win some, you lose some. You were spot on with him too, right? And um, but do you know what? To his credit, he just—I think he said something like, "Yeah, fair call." Yeah, he did. <laughs> like, he did. Yeah. And then, and then he just jammed it up, karting style on the final lap, and so and he, he ended up taking it out. And oh. I, I was, and I said, "Yeah, I said, yeah, I said, I bet he's a card." I went straight to his profile, did a quick Google search, and there he is, all over the place doing karting. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> and here's the thing: I'm not gonna—I'm not casting shade on carters, right? I'm just saying that. You, you can style. tell people that have yeah people have got that that aggression or that the the way they approach corners in battles and things like that it's it's very different to someone like me who has only got experience on the sim so yeah. not a criticism but it's it's a very distinct difference yeah yeah I think it was um he he said hey like I'm not going to battle you let's try try and chase this down. And I think my comment was, well, you're about five or six laps too late on that. And he was like, yeah, they're cool. But he, was, he wasn't. He wasn't. No, no. Well, it wasn't him. It was uh, Cavalio yeah, that chased him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mind you, he'd done the last 10 races, so he's been warmed <laughs> yeah. up. So. That's right. So, yeah, that was, that was funny. I did leave a little bit with my tail between my legs after that race. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. But it was good fun. I really enjoyed that, mate. Saturday afternoons could be a thing. So I guess I raced a little bit. We talked about Aussie car in a sec. Um, I did that. I the one thing that happened this week was my uh, the fist uh, gloves turned up during the week, so that was pretty cool. Got to use them on on Thursday night for Aussie car. Uh, the wife asked me that last night, like, how are they going? Are they actually improving your racing? And I'm like, well, I've got two races under my belt, and I've had two actually really good races that 
you know, I haven't had for a very long time. So I definitely, I'm not an idiot that's going to say, yes, they've improved my racing, but <laughs> the data shows at the moment that I'm having good racing at the moment since I put them on. So you can only um, deal with data. <laughs> that's it. It's exactly right. So uh, we'll talk about Aussie car in a sec, but yeah, I did Sunday night lights and then I did the stupid thing of, oh, it says 15 minutes to go. I, I need to, I need to hop on an hour ago, but look, I'll just see. I literally hopped in and said, oh, look, I'll give it a couple laps if I'm feeling okay. Cause done coda west in the v8 not long ago plus also coda we've done before so i knew, knew the layout knew what to expect and sort of jumped in went behind jason wilman for a while in the practice and, and was keeping up with him and not making as many mistakes so that sort of went and I was, tim harris was in there as well he joined us for the night and i could stay behind him um drafting for a bit of the track which sort of gave me some other confidence as well so i went oh let's just go with it and then proceeded to stuff up both my quality laps. Um, the second one on the first corner, which is sort of demoralizing at best to try and oh, well, keep going and, and see how we go. But had a scary moment during the race where I actually thought I would have got, I was going to get disqualified. I had that many X's rocked up um, really early on. And I'm like, well, I've got to be real careful here. And every sort of one that went off sort of filled me with pain. But uh, <laughs> SNL, okay. Fell into second split, uh, literally 16th of 16. And that also demoralized me. And I'm like, well, here we go. This I'm, I'm not not ready to race against these guys. I would have preferred to be number one in third split and at least have a chance. And then I hear Carl in, in chat talking about a 149 is, is on pole. And I've done a 149 where I've lost two seconds on the lap <laughs> for going sideways. And I'm like, oh, I just wanted that one less spot just, just to jump back there. But... Anyway, I was in with pretty much a three-quarters ANZ Aussie car slash field. So um, we had Fernie, Tim, and, and Jeremy all in, in the same Discord chatting away, and we're all in the same race. And we had, you know, Mark Jeffrey, Matthew Harriet, and, and people like that as well. So it was a really good Aussie server. But, yeah, started from the back. Surprised myself diving up the inside of a few cars on on the first corner, but then... Uh, sort of getting tangled up with a few people and, and, and getting shuffled back a bit. Um, being behind someone like Matthew Harriet and, and, and Jason Woolman and seeing them making mistakes, which were then also what we talk about, big enough mistake to to hold me up because it's online I can't get around, but slow enough not for me for me not to get around, but then I get checked up and someone sneaks past and um, sort of having a few things like that. And then corner th- uh, turn, uh, lap three, um, uh, Tani Moto just decides to send it down the inside of turn one and, and I've gone wide and I'm like, okay, I'll just hang around the outside because you can keep enough speed around the outside to sort of come out and be in a good position for the rest of the track. I come around the outside. There's plenty of room there. He's in the middle of the track and all of a sudden he turns right and starts heading off track right into the middle of me. Uh, we've touched wheels. I've had, we've, we've touched wheels at the point where I'm already two wheels off the track trying to avoid him. Uh, I don't know what happened. Um, he didn't look like he lost lost steering or anything like that. He just decided to all of a sudden go start going right, and I was there, no car in front of him or anything like that. Got a four X from that. Lost time because obviously I had to go right off track and come back on, and you know cars got past then, and then sort of just made one more little mistake, which put me about two to three seconds off the pace of the group. Had about two to three seconds to the guy behind, which was Alex Bridges, who had already started in the pits or it had an accident or something. I don't know what it was, but 
he'd had some time in the pits and then sort of sat there for the rest of the race just going, well, I'm as quick as these guys in front, but I can't catch them. Quick as the guy, uh, quick as the guy behind because he's not catching me, but then found some pace right at the end and and got right on the back of, of Wilman and, and Wilman started um, battling with Harriet, I think it was, and they were both having a go and I got right in the back and then it was a three-way battle, but then that slowed me down, which then made Alex come into it, which was just about a four-way battle, but he wasn't quiet. And then two laps to go, I'm right on Wilman's tail going into the second last corner and he just breaks 50 metres earlier going into that second last turn. And I've, I'm literally nose to tail with him just trying to get much of a run so I can get, a, get on, the, on the main straight and get him on the main straight. And um, I had nowhere to go, slammed the brakes on, went straight instead of turning left, pulled it up enough that I sort of only lost about a second. But you lose a second with two laps to go, you're out of the draft, there's nothing there. But then that's obviously let Alex come up right behind me go into the last corner and Alex has done the Carter thing of just shoving it down the mid inside. And I'm like, that's okay. I'll just go wide and I'll lay apex and come up the inside and that'll be fine. He goes sideways on the apex and just stops. <laughs> and I've got to then make, take evasive action to the right, which then takes all my speed off. And we have a bit of a drag down the straight and then I'm coming up the hill. And this, by this time, Wilman's about two or three seconds ahead with Harriet. And I look up and there's a big, puff of grey smoke and Harry and, and Wilman's done the engine and then watching the replay, Wilman's sent no brakes, has just gone straight into Harriet and they've taken each other out just past the apex of the corner so luckily I'm on the inside duck down the inside, Alex almost gets rolled into from um, from Wilman rolling backwards but then he, I get a compromised exit or something other because I've had to dive in late and, and he's got, we're, we're side by side going through the S's and I'm like, well, this isn't going to end well. So you take it and I'll just try and get you in the, on the back straight or something like that and end up coming 10th. So a little bit annoyed. I, I don't think I could have got higher than ninth, but I definitely couldn't have, could have got a lot lower than 10th. So in the end. Oh, that's a good result. I mean, so it's, uh, Jason Wilman's, uh, I think, I, t- I tallied it up at one point. He and Kevin Henderson were yeah. our most capped SNL MNL drivers ever. And now Kevin's uh, off doing other things, and Jason carries on. He's got my if, if my sources are right, he's got a drag racing pedigree in real life. Um, and he was one of the people when I was sort of getting started that I aspired to be as quick as. And and he, his his pace has probably softened a little bit in the last couple of years, but he's he's no slouch, honestly. Yeah. Um, and and he's a good he's a good fella too. So to be in that sort of company, mate, you're doing pretty well, I would suggest. Yeah. And I think like it was it was also good that when we were before we got battling and really lost the pace, we had Jeremy and Mark Jeffrey and all that crew was only about three or five seconds next down the track, so we could always see them. Like we didn't like like we just lost them and. Uh, Ryan, Nathan, and Tim were then seven or eight seconds down the track from them. They broke away really good, but um, it was good to be sort of holding that pace with those guys. So it was just a shame that I think I got to a 12x, pretty like lost 3.7, a uh, 0.37 SR, and, and still lost one I rating for coming 10th in a, in the 2000 strength of field. But anyway, it is what it is. Easy to do around Coda. Can I give uh, Vernie a special shout-out? I saw, I think yeah. he qualified third in that uh, race. So I know it's not always his strong point, the old <laughs> qualifying session. So shout-out to you, Nathan. That's not an easy track to qualify 
on at the best of times. So well done. Yeah. Him and Harris, like, okay, so I'll shout it out now on Nathan Verney's Twitch stream, which I don't have it on me right now. Uh, he's put up what we've been talking about, the second split video, which uh, he actually got the AI replay thing to look at all Aussie car drivers. So it, it covers a bit of, you know, Mark Jeffrey, Jeremy Bush, uh, Tim and Nathan while they try and battle with Ryan. Shows a bit of me every now and then and Matthew Harriet as well. But um, we're working on some stuff to make it better quality. Uh, so it comes up really nice, but it's really good. No commentary way to, to re-watch second split if you're in first or third and you want to see what happened in that. And it's something that we can I think we can really nut out and, and do a better job of next year if we put our minds to it. But seeing him and listening to him and Tim and knowing what they were doing trying to catch Ryan uh, working as a team and watching that back was um, was a really good good thing to do. So, Mate, yeah. if I could be two places at once, I'd love to do that. There's so many of the ANZ drivers coming through into that, that nursery of racing and you see the likes of, you know, Vasco coming through this season really strongly. Uh, Corey Lane made his way through there. I mean, I, I came second in one of the early MNLs. I think it was about season three, and most of my season was in the in the second split. The softs were a lot different in those days, so uh, they have been. But it's such a great thing, and I, and I get so much from seeing people in there. I, I, oh man, I'd love to be able to do both. So maybe it's something we can work out. Maybe I don't know. Uh, did I haven't watched Nathan's? I'm looking forward to watching it because he only posted it today. Did it? Um, did you do commentary, did you say, or not? No, nah, no commentary. And that's that was my one thing that I, I, I think we need to sort of add to it, definitely. Um, Mate, if I could find other... some time, if I could make it happen, maybe we, 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 yeah. get the, we get it going, right, and so give it the, the, the proper SNL treatment, you know? Yeah, I don't think it's got the best sound package or camera package as well at the moment. And I think the overlays we can tweak a lot. Um, but... Yeah, mate. If I get a if I get a replay of my uh, the overlays the SDK, SDK stuff that I do to the full experience with a replay file as well, uh, just like you're there, and yep. um, and I've well, I can just use the cameras. Right. So look, it's an option we can look at if someone sends me the replay, um, and we can find the time. Uh, be something worth looking at. Yeah, definitely. So it looks like it's just uh, Nathan Verney is uh, his YouTube channel. Uh, so if you look up Nathan Verney, you better get that there. Otherwise, we'll try and get it out there as best we can. He's been doing a few, like he's doing the Aussie Skip Barber and all that kind of stuff as well, especially the races that weren't broadcast. Yeah. But I'll have a bit more time in a few weeks, so I'm happy to do some stuff as well. Might be able to jump on comms or something. Yeah, I, I think it, 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 it's, what, a 20-minute race. It only takes, we've only just got to basically sit there and watch it. So, you know, if if we get a big enough pool of people, it wouldn't take that much effort to get it done, so... Yeah, absolutely. Have a, have a bit and of a rotating we, commentary team or something. Do one every few weeks and yeah. happy days. Yeah, definitely got potential anyway. So um, go check it out. But that was my experience with SNL. Other than that, I haven't done any racing. I still need to do my last um, time trial to get my Oval to A license. But I'll do that hopefully this week. Um, but it was good to actually get back on a race, uh, which then takes us to Aussie Car since we are flying through stuff. Um, Alex McKellar, I've got the big question for you is what happened at the end of race one? Oh yeah. So, uh, in the closing stages, I was battling with James and up the, the back straight, it was into one of the right-handers. I'm going to say the first right-hander off the long straight. Yeah. And, um, I, he was drifting right. 
uh, I went to go upside and he up the right-hand side, maybe to take the inside of the corner, and then he, he, he stopped that. And then he came back left as well. So I need to, I don't know, I'm a bit dubious on that one. But <laughs> as we both moved back left, Ben went, oh, gee, and, and it, uh, he, he'd expressed concern that I'd blocked him uh, or that we'd actually both oh. block, blocked him. So I, uh, I actually, when we got to the end of the lap, I just pulled over and let him by. I thought, look, I'm not usually a good judge of these things and um, I'd rather take the two points now than cop a penalty later as well. And I thought it's the right thing to do, same as I did in the race this week in the official, you know, where I think I've done something wrong. Um, I'll, I'll try and take the medicine early on. So that's what it was, mate. That's all it was. Okay, so that's go. all I've cool. got to do. I've just got to yell out in the microphone, hey, what are you doing? You'll just pull <laughs> over and through. Yeah, How did I not know this before? Well, can I tell you, there's, there was, it was the second incident in that race where, uh, and again, I think it came down to my concentration, plus I'd made some adjustments to my headset and opened my field of view right up, so my perspective was a little bit out on the night. And it actually started uh, race one, turn one, um, I I think I might have nearly run James off the road. I didn't even go back. I forgot to look at the replay. But you know how at the start of a race, the spotter doesn't kick in till a fairway. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I didn't know he was on my outside and I moved over. Uh, luckily, I, I think I left room because he didn't die. Um, <laughs> uh, but I didn't know he was there till uh, we were halfway up the run up to turn two. And I'm, oh, jeepers, I'm glad I didn't kill him sort of thing. Cause I, and the same thing there. I had my. I was so focused going forward and attacking James into that that final sort of lap overtaking zone. There, I forgot about him behind me, and I thought I must have done the same thing. So I just pulled over and let him by. I thought it was interesting because like the one chance you were going to actually finish ahead of Ben. Yeah, you you always talk about how much you want to finish ahead of Ben, and then all of a sudden you just pulled over on the on the straight. It it was what it was. You know, sometimes I let my conscience get the better of me. Yeah. So let's have a chat about race one, I guess, because um, Braden didn't get to see it on my stream because I stuffed up my stream. <laughs> um, but Alex, from your point of view, just a big battle, hard hard fought win for, for well, not hard fought win for Alex. I think Alex got away from his, but hard fought for second, third and fourth, I guess. Yeah, it was. Um, I decided I, I needed some points and I needed, I think back, look, there's a really good example that sort of came to my mind um, during the week. You remember back to to Brand, um, Brands Hatch where I went off and had that shock and not that was it wasn't it? And I got my penalty and everything. Um, Maybe Donington, 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 sorry, Donington. Yeah. Oh, this season, yeah, yeah, Donington. Yeah, yeah, this season, Donington. Yeah, right. And James put all sorts of pressure uh, on me at the start of the race, and I clipped the, a rear on the grass and I spun, and and that was all she all she wrote, right? So in a similar vein, um, I, I after the the good dirt round, I ended up in third in the championship so far, and I knew the only way I was going to get any higher than that was to put pressure and force a mistake, which is the kind of thing I was doing, or at least trying to do. Uh, I wanted to a finish in front, uh, and b put pressure on, and maybe maybe force a mistake in someone ahead of me in the championship. So. Uh, that was what was going in my mind. Um, finish as high as you can and see what pressure you can apply. So, and I think it showed in the racing. I mean, James was at it hard straight from the get go as well. Like I said, he was on my outside at turn one, unbeknownst to me apparently, um, <laughs> uh, and attacking from the get go. So, like I said at the start of the season, you know, um, James really changed that conversation in the front pack. Um, so, I figured, oh, all right, well, that's how we're talking this season. That's okay. So, you know, I'll, I'll be part of that conversation a bit more, which, you know, if you do talk to someone like Ben Snell, he always um, gets into me. He loves seeing me do that because I don't do it very often. 
Um, I was going to say, but that would be Ben. That's Ben's language. Full stop. Yeah, you know, like yeah, race, race hard and have fun. Yeah, exactly right. And um, I've, I've often lacked the confidence in my racing. Um, uh, the, the speed's okay. I talked about it in that that second race that I did this this week that I run that I won at Coda. The pace was good, but I didn't have to race anyone. And it's that racing stuff that I, I you know, I need more practice at. So. There was a few things going through my mind in that race, and uh, I enjoyed having a crack, right? So it was good. Um, well, I stuffed up my quality, and I went from the other end to what you went from. Um, and I just still don't. Okay, I know exactly what happened with my quality. I realised just before I started the race. <laughs> I um, saw this. <laughs> I'm not not going, on your stream, but I saw it on someone else's stream. <laughs> I was sitting there going, my wheel map range doesn't feel right. And I'm like, oh, we did dirt last week. My wheel map range is about 450, not about 900 where it should be. So I went, oh, do I make the change? Do I make the change? Yeah, I'll make the change. And then all of a sudden I've realized my tire pressures are all over the shop when I've gone onto the grid. I've got like 200 and something PSI in one in a couple of the the tires because that's the, the stupid stupidity I was trying to do last week before the race started on the oval <laughs> and trying to get it all balanced out, but uh, I forgot to change it. So I had... Ah, just about everything of my my setup was all wrong, and um, so I quickly changed all that, and all of a sudden I found myself with half a lap of practice before we started. I was in the green deltas um, on my outlap, and I'm like, oh damn it, <laughs> what have I done? I uh, started, I think, nineteenth or something other of twenty two on the night, and as I said, I've been trying to be more aggressive and and not give up positions, and that's what I did this week, and held my held my line. Uh, maybe even took a couple of people when I when I got chances down the inside of a few corners, but really focused on staying with the people in front and not letting the people behind get past and watching people fall like flies at the back of the field. I think Ira was mentioned mentioned it in the interview we have in a sec. A few more incidents at the back of the field, and then all of a sudden I found myself I think in about fifteenth and and going well and uh sort of about a couple of seconds off Ashley Knowles and Ashley's always been faster than me this season and he's my teammate and I'm like, oh, well, if I can get on the back of him, we'll be right and then get on the back of him and then all of a sudden find myself sort of wanting to go past him and, and, and having the ability to go past him and then I get past him. We start to do a bit of drafting to catch the crew in front and I come around, he's on the inside, going to go down the inside of turn one and I'm on the outside. All of a sudden, Peter Bowling's come out of the pits onto the inside racing line. So then Ash has got to move and I'm just watching him trying not to die and all of a sudden realise I'm way past the braking mark. I slam <laughs> on the brakes and somehow keep it on the track and don't lose much time. I still don't know how I didn't die on that point. I think I was off on the dirt for a little bit, but survived and let them get about two or three seconds down the track again and then caught up to Ashley again. He made a few mistakes and then that sort of got Dennis onto me. Um, but and then got to the end of the lap, uh, the race, and Ash has made a mistake, went off the track, which gave me the spot to go past him. Um, held off Dennis at the end and got 12th, I think it was, at the end of race one, which is the best result I've had in a long time. And and obviously, then started 12th for the race two, which was a bit longer. And I, I, I feel more at home at Brands Hatch, it's it's obviously a, a track we've done a lot in the past, as far as Toka and. and V8 supercars and all that kind of stuff with other games like that. But um, go, going to Brands Hatch, I always feel like going home. And, um, yeah, I do enjoy it there. So that was good. But McKellar up front in race two, mate. 
what happened. It was battling and battling and all kinds of stuff, but Alex just ran away from it, I guess. Yeah, look, similar sort of story for me in race two. Um, the, the, the thing that killed me in the end was uh, when James went into the pits, I was sitting in fourth. And um, I, I might made... have accidentally talked him into that. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, what actually happened was I, it was just the, the final corner and the one time I made a slight mistake, the kind of mistake when you're in a draft pack that, oh, you're still in it, right? That, that's okay. Yeah. You can get that back. But when the guy in front of you goes and suddenly there's a 1.1 second gap and the guys are quicker than you in front because you're having an off night, it was all over. So those two drove off. Ben and, and Alex drove off from me. Uh, and then, as I sort of said when we spoke to Ira, um, my concentration on the night was, was something that really brought me undone. And I got slower as the night went on, made some more mistakes. And even with the difference in tyres, the overcut, which has been quite powerful this yeah. season, didn't didn't work for me. And I came out nose to tail with James who in listening to his SimSpeed interview found that he couldn't get turn the tyres back on after his after his pit stop, but he was also on, I don't know, five lap more rubbered in or warmed up tyres than I was. And I stayed with him for about a lap, but then combined the difference in tyres and, and like I said, I was getting slow as the race went on and he drove away and it was really a nothing finish for me in the end. But... Um, it was yeah. really interesting listening to those interviews and then having my own experience as well. So Ben talks about the car didn't even feel like it changed when he put the fronts on. Um, Chasty then turned around and said it felt never, ever got back in. And then I've, and you saying the, the overcut uh, didn't work. The overcut actually worked extremely well for me. I haven't gone back to watch out why, but like different people that just, the, that track is, is just so unique that, um, we found it last time where the, none of the tyres would get up to temperature for the whole race yeah. and, you I know, remember, it suited people differently. I remember pitting a little bit earlier thinking, man, these guys are holding me up. I get out of the get out of the congestion and um, hopefully have better tyres at the end. And I, I remember pitting and with instead of pitting on the last lap like I normally would or, you know, second last lap, I'd pitted like three or four laps to go. And it wasn't until the last lap of the race where I felt like I was even close to being able to do the time I was doing. I just felt like I was losing pace after mm. um, time after time after time uh, on the colds. I, I don't know what it is about brands. I'm guessing it's just the, the style of the corners. They're very flowy and quick and, and obviously has a fair bit of undulation at the start of the lap as well, which makes a big difference. But yeah, I, I remember, obviously didn't race this time, but I remember back to last time. Um, having the same problem and it was kind of watching the streams back it was kind of like when James pitted and you knew he was going to have the tire well you thought he was going to have the tires at the end you were kind of like hey that's a good strategy like he could be right up into it uh into this up to his ears but he just had nothing yeah uh, the the that. overcut yeah the overcut where if you're driving well um the overcut this season's been the play and that's where you saw uh, Alex and Ben, uh, and then Ben with the pit stops that he seems to invariably get, <laughs> I think uh, got away uh, from AJ there. But so the difference was that they they had pace during that that stint, that first stint after James had pitted. That got them the gap yeah. from both of us, uh, even though I was on the same strategy, I couldn't keep up. And then um, because I couldn't, and it was nothing to do other than uh, myself having a, an off night that um, that the overcut didn't work for me either, right? I probably would have come out probably not as far ahead as the other two, but uh, ahead enough. 
Uh, and then, but then I compare that to last time we were there again. And you remember Ben started at the back and he came through and he won it yeah. by, a, you know, the width of the proverbial. And, um, you know, that was based on like a first lap pit to get out of the draft when the pit yeah. window was a lot broader. And by the end of it, I came out, I think, two and a half seconds ahead with the two laps to go, whatever it was. And he was catching me a second a lap uh, based on the difference. So, yeah, it's as much I think about how you drive it um, as, as to how you finish uh, ultimately, which is, you know, what you want to say about all racing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I started 12th in the second one. Um, obviously, I haven't been starting up there all season or for a couple of seasons now. So once again, my, my ob- objective was to not lose the bucket loads of positions I usually do from up there and started pretty good. Sat in the line, stayed with, I think Dennis was the only one to sneak past me, knocking me back to 13th um, and just hung with Dennis the whole way through and was surprised that I was actually not falling away from them. And and we, we then opened up a gap behind. It was like three or four or five seconds. So all of a sudden I didn't have to worry about anything except for staying on these guys' tail. Um, Neil Gardner was at the back, so he, he made his way through. Uh, he caught up to me. I think I just lost a second or a second and a half on Dennis. So I was just, just, just a few silly mistakes under colds. And um, Neil come up behind me, I think about like three or four and coming out of turn four. Uh, so, you know, you hold right and then you drift over to the left for the straight. Um, I've done that and I've pulled over the left. And it was the one time I'm like, I'm just going to let this person pass because I know how much faster is Demi. So I've pulled over to the left, so on the outside, so he can just go down the inside and then, you know, has the run for the next corner. As I've done that, he's gone try to go around the outside of me, um, <laughs> thinking I'm going to, for some reason, stay on the inside of the track and block him, I guess. Uh, we have a bit of nose to rear contact, 0x, no damage to either, but it really pushes him, like he, 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 he drops half a second back and sort of for the next few corners is or the next few laps it felt like he was just like not not game enough to try and put it past me and um I wasn't didn't I then just went oh I'm not going to give it to you and I think at some stage he got past me um fairly well and I'm like okay well just got to stick with him he'll drag me back up to Dennis uh and then the triple right hander on the the, the exit of the, the third right hander I just pushed that too hard and I knew when I went in I was wrong and tail onto the onto the dirt um, so all of a sudden the cars just wants to go left and stay off the track and I just let it go and then pulled it back on, had a big enough gap behind me. I lost about three, three seconds on the grip in front and held it. So then a few more laps, I said, jokingly, pit windows open and then chassis is like, oh, is it? Oh yeah, it is. Okay, cool. And then Vernie's like, oh yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. And then pretty much all of locked on, just decided to pit. And I'm like, no, overcut people, overcut, but okay, cool. Um, so always was just going to go to the end. And then Dennis and Neil have both pitted. And I'm like, okay, keep an eye on this. Three to four seconds is is the, is the gap we had. And I belted out some of the best laps I've done around there in a long time and just smooth and, and you know, no one in front, no one behind to worry about. It was just driving and hitting apexes and stuff like that. And pitted, same lap, I think, um, the last lap you could. So lap 13, I think it was. Pulled out and all of a sudden Neil and Dennis are four seconds behind me. And I've, so I've had an eight-second gain um, from the overcut and come out and the tyres don't feel too bad, but then just miss a few apexes and that kills my exit speed and then Neil gets on the back of me. Me and Neil have a bit of a 
fight for for a couple corners, but he obviously gets past me. I'm on colds. Um, then Dennis gets right up behind me, and I just made the one time Jay puts me on the broadcast is me going sideways right <laughs> around uh, about two corners, I think, before I caught it, which obviously killed my momentum. Dennis got past me again, and but then. I felt like I had speed on Dennis at that stage. The tyres had come good again, and and I was just basically lining him up so I could get him and be ahead of him for, or get. I was actually trying to get him on the outside of the last corner. That's where I wanted to have him. And um, two laps to go, he's decided, or going into the last lap, basically, he's decided he had to pit. We were we were side by side, and then all of a sudden he's just peeled away into the pits. I'm like, oh, there it is, because this is eleventh. This is me. I had to get to tenth. I had to get past. Dennis, I'm like, all I want to do is get a top 10. I've been after that for ages. And I'm like, and then he's, he's basically gifted to me by short fueling and having to go back in and splashing up. But I uh, came back in, I think it was only about two or three seconds behind Neil at the end. So that's a good effort, man. Fairly good yeah. night. Neil, Neil's quick. Yeah, yeah, he's got some pace. So you got to be happy with that, mate. Top 10 finish. I was going to say, have you had another one of those this season? Because that's a good, good no, way. No, not to... this season. I haven't yeah, done it for nice. a couple of seasons. Um, looking at the results that Vernie's chucking up every week, it's like I was a regular top 10 back in the day. But um, <laughs> you were just, about 15... just on my tail a few times, actually. Yeah, there's about 15 better drivers have come through now and racing with us. So. Um, I'm looking at the spa ones and it's like seventh and ninth or seventh and eighth or something like that. So well, I think yeah. you put together two good races. I mean, you're up a few spots in the first one and then consolidated that position yeah, and moved it, forward again in the second. That's a good night out. It was the best I've felt like I've raced in a very, very long time. And um, not, the mistakes I made, I knew I made them. Um, it wasn't like it was just, oh, that was, I, I pushed too hard. Then It was just, I was pushing hard and I just, Turned in a little early, which meant I exited a little wide, and then, you know, and and then I didn't have enough tire grip, so I should have broken a bit firmer and then hit the apex better. But other than that, it was a really smooth night, especially to get eight seconds in an overcut on a track like that was. Yeah, it's great effort, man. Yeah, good work. But now Braden hasn't talked for half an hour. Let's get into the news and updates. (laughs) Uh, news and updates are brought to us by Stuff and Things and People, CD Symptography, CD Symptography, go check them out. Uh, uh, Brewster.coffee, go check them out for sure. Uh, get us get your coffees and all that kind of stuff done by that. Uh, let's jump straight into the interview we've mentioned a few times in the podcast. Uh, we've got Ira, a bit of wrap-up of Aussie Car for the Year and where it's going. So take it away, Ira. And welcome back to the podcast, regular guest now, Ira Felberg. How are you going, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. Yourself? Ah, oh, couldn't be any better. You know, technical problems never happen when we do podcasting. It's all good to go. Uh, so, look, we've got you on. It's been, I guess, for two reasons. Uh, one reason is we're just finishing up a Aussie Car Formula Skip Barber series for the 11th time, uh, but it is also the end of the year, so... It's the wrap-up of the whole year that's been for Aussie Car and, and looking forward to what's coming ahead. So let's start with the aforementioned Season 11 finale that happens at Spa this Thursday night. What What's your tips? What's your predictions? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'll go with any tips because uh, I'm usually pretty wrong. Can uh, you please any... tip Alex John to win? That'd be great. Thank you. Yeah, I think it will be an interesting race, mainly, well, obviously, because of the track, the nature of the track, 
um, should be pretty easy to follow. But having said that, I don't know, the draft's like not what it used to be. I don't know what you guys reckon. Alex probably know more about that. He's been doing it longer. But I think, um, yeah, I think you probably, you possibly will be able to get away. Um, but the lead bunch, they're obviously probably going to stay together. There's going to be a couple of stops. Um, so, yeah, no tyre stop. Um, and the last time we went there, it was only it was a smaller field. So 17 people in the field, including yeah, two wrecking balls. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Nathan posted that before, which was interesting because I would have said low 20s. If you had asked me, I would have said 22, 23. So I feel like it was the lowest point we had was must have been Spa. It was the end of the season as well back then, yeah. back in the last UK season we did. So I think it was a bit of a war of attrition at that stage before it revitalized. Yeah, it always drops off a couple. Well, the retention rate's pretty good in Aussie car, but, yeah, it's normally at least a few, three or five, will drop off by the end. And I think, um, what season was that? Three? I'm going with six, to be honest. Oh, six. Okay, yeah, you could be right. Um, So you know how it's kind of ebbed and flowed. The numbers, so yeah, there was a couple of reasons. But I, I think even so know it should be Milo cars in that series by look at the results. Paul, oh yeah, no, Paul Beatty won that. Oh, ba- time, that's yeah. Beatty was was Paul Beatty riding driving Milo at that time? Yeah, sure. yeah, he was, man. Yeah, yeah. was he? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's that. So yeah, it should be a good race, I think. And um, you know, to wrap up the season, and it's been a long year. I think uh, everyone's ready for a break, including me. And um, this season's been a bit of a weird one, very strange in some ways, um, but um, it's a bit of luck, really. Um, and, the, yeah, there's only, there hasn't really been that many incidents each race, which actually is something I want to talk to you guys about, the racing goal thing before I go. But um, racing's been pretty clean, but it has been influential, those in- incidents. That's because I've missed two rounds. <laughs> yeah, and there's that. And I'll tell you what, like... Um, it happens to everyone, I know, so I don't want to be like going poor me, but I don't think I've had a round where I didn't get run into, and that's pretty unusual. And it's just nothing dumb, really, mostly. Look, just... The question from the audience, though, is did you get run into last week or did you run into someone? Me, yeah, I ran into Craig. <laughs> uh, well, you got to, i got to have a go. I misjudged it by about a car length and got on the dirty stuff and locked the rears and all that. Well, I was... I was it was the second lap. No, it was the last lap. I think it was the last lap, yeah. Well, I was like, you got to have a go. And then I locked the rears. And then when I realised that, I thought, please don't hit him. Please don't hit him. And then I didn't. <laughs> so, yeah, post, post-race penalty for me. So, yeah. But, look, <laughs> honestly, in the, he left the door wide open. So, it was the last lap. you got to go for that, you know. I just missed. Don't get too him. many opportunities like that, to be honest. <clears throat> no, he should have covered the inside, really. That's what he should have done. Just not even let me look down there. But... Anyway, I, like I said, I came on the radio straight away and owned it. What can you say? Um, I'm pretty decent these days, but yeah, you got to you got to have a crack every now and again. Otherwise, you might as well pack up and go home. And look, it's just racing incidents, those sort of things. It was pretty good last week, like I said. So yeah, it's been a long season. It'll be interesting to see how the points do shake out. I think Alex has got it in the bag, but you know we, we've seen it before. Being one race, double points to kind of mm-hmm. leaves the door open a little bit. Um, and it's amazing how much that's actually affected uh, overall, I think. Um, I, but, yeah. When you look at how tight the field is at the top, four positions, which I think is all it mm-hmm. needs, and throw a few bonus points in there, it might even be less than that. might only be three positions. But 
you look, it doesn't take much for someone like McKellar or Snell or uh, even Braden to get ahead of in between them and all of a sudden it's game on. But uh, we had this discussion during the week. It, it's definitely, it's not the ideal position for Chastity, unfortunately. No, obviously he'd prefer to be in a better spot for sure. But yeah, anything can happen. And um, look, you know, we saw last season, someone pulled out of the pits and just... <laughs> forgot where they were and cut in front of the leaders and like, you know, that's all, it would just take something like that. So yeah, um, we'll see, but I think Alex, he's, to be honest, I think he's, I would have nice, been nice to see Bell and Ben have a clean run, sorry, um, and not be affected by racing incidents. But you know what, that's just kind of part of it. And um, sometimes you have a good run and like I've finished as high as, um, I think about sixth overall in a season and as low as like 20 something, you know, and that's probably roughly on the same skill set. So, you know, it's, but that's racing and that's kind of what we like about it too. You know, the fact that it's, you know, there's a certain amount of like, and I always say to people, cause all well, friends ask me, oh, why do you follow motorsport? Right. And one of the things I normally say to them is you can watch it for 40 years. Right. And you'll see something you never saw before. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now I know these two boys have many questions to you about the season just passed. So I'm going to pass it over to someone like Braden, who's going to grill you. He's going to grill me. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no grilling. No, I, I, I'm interested to hear how you've thought the open qualifying has gone for the, the first season that it's, that it's been run. I know I was selfishly skeptical at the start of the season, just because I knew what my, my own timeline looks like for when I race on a Thursday night. And, and especially this, this year, uh, this season, knowing that, there were going to be some races that if I was going to make it, that I would be getting in right at the end sort of thing. But I was just interested to see if you've enjoyed it or, or you know, did there be any changes or things? Yeah, um, good question. Um, two things. From a personal point of view, I haven't really enjoyed it, to be honest. Um, but I think for everybody overall, it's working pretty good. Um I think the, it's kind of has changed things a little bit. And well, what I feel from where I am, which is normally down the back, right? There's people that are qualifying like higher up than what they probably should be, right? Um, and then when it comes to the race, you've got people that can actually race quicker coming from behind, coming up against people who could do a quicker lap, but maybe don't have the race craft. Or that's probably not fair when I say the race craft. Maybe they're just not practicing, right? their lives are busy, they're just rocking up, they jump in, they race. So we all know the difference between doing lots of practice and not, right? So um, there's been a little bit of that, um, and I do feel that it has increased the incident rate um, during the race slightly. But, you know, having said that, right, like <laughs> I'm pretty fussy, as you guys know, and I try and hold, hold a high standard. And, you know, one or two incidents a week is a lot to me. So you've got to keep it in perspective. Those things are kind of probably going to happen anyway. Um, but I don't know. I think, um, I don't know well, what you guys think, but I think it's it has given it, to me, it's given it a bit more of a um, kind of a realistic feel in terms of like, you know, the racing that I've done in real life. You know, that's what you do. You rock up especially karting, like you get open track and like you don't get an hour, like depending on your class, you might get 10 minutes. So you've literally just got to go out there and put one down kind of thing. And the other thing is, I know everyone was saying, oh, the toe, the toe, you know, it's going to be, honestly, I don't think it's made 
and hardly any difference. It's so hard to get a tow. Um, and even if like you do, well, good luck to you, you know what I mean? And if you move up a few positions in one race. So it's been good in terms of the fact that it kind of has randomized things a little bit more. Um, but I also feel it's probably led to a few more incidents, not necessarily down the front, but kind of mid-pack to the back. Yeah. <clears throat> For me, obviously, I've missed two rounds. So I've only had really two or three cracks at it. Um, oh, I guess two, uh, yeah, three cracks at it. Um, it's been okay. I, I'm, I think maybe the hour session might be a little bit long. Uh, like I would probably like to see it maybe go to 30 minutes practice, 30 minutes open yeah. qualifying. So those that are still happy to put in the, that's their practice time at the start. They've still got that 30 minutes at the start. And then it just can compresses it a little bit towards the, um, towards the end. Um, but yeah, I mean, it hasn't been great for me. I'm definitely more able to put down a good quality lap in those two laps compared to others who can then run, you know, 40, 50 minutes and get the tires way up to temp and all, all the fuel out of the car and that kind of thing. Um, but I mean, yeah, it hasn't been a massive change, but again, it's probably hard for me to say because I haven't really done a full season. So, and just quickly, yeah. out of those three races that you've done, didn't you get your first pole for the season, for for series ever? Yeah, that was on dirt though. <laughs> oh, yeah, dirt, dirt doesn't count apparently. <laughs> no, no, but like, uh, yeah, I guess I, I don't know. It's only a what fourteen second lap or whatever, so it's a bit different to. Yeah, but know, the times were a lot tighter, very much tighter times there, so. Mikella, what was your thoughts on the open quality? I, I, I know we've we've had the one mishap with you, but otherwise, what have you been thinking of it? <laughs> oh, look, throughout the season up until this week, I, was, I remained fairly ambivalent. I thought in terms of realism, it was, you know, aside from, as Iris said, some categories getting shorter times than others, I think that open quality is a thing. Typically, I mean, the the, the top 10 shootout is a like a, a rarity rather than a norm, right? Mm. Um, the one thing I noticed this week, and again, it was a personal thing, was um, I'd had a, long, a fairly long and a tough week. And when it came time to do the hour that I'd done all the other time, that was fine. Um, but I, I really felt it later on in the night. My concentration was gone and I lost all my pace and my rhythm, to be honest. And it was a concentration thing. It wasn't a, you know, I mean, the pace was okay. We we're pretty close uh, in the top five or so uh, over a lap. Ben sort of got better as the night wore on, whereas I got worse. Um, as he tends to do because he doesn't sort of spend as much time practicing. Uh, he improves uh, overnight. So I like the idea of maybe a half and half, 30-minute, 30 30-minute 30 for that reason. But, again, that's a personal preference. I know um, this was also the first week that AJ and I worked really hard in quality to put him on pole. Um, I said to him because we were going to split the try and get us both up near the front, and I just said to him, you need the point more than me. Um, let's get you on pole and then if there's time left, we'll see what we can do because I didn't really mind in quality so much because it was only a point, right? Um, so that thing I agree with you. It, do, it didn't make a huge difference throughout the season, but if you put your mind to it, it could make a difference on the on the night. So, But again, that's a skill and a, and a thing that's open to everyone. It's it's uh, It was even uh, from the get-go and I didn't necessarily have an issue with that either. So I know I put, probably put James at a disadvantage uh, this week because you weren't there, Brain. but there's other folks in there he could have potentially teamed up with as well, but probably not as easily. 
Yeah, I tried my um, best to tell him up to the front, but I <laughs> But can I tell you, it was a real art. Like um, we we worked hard to time it right from start to finish in a lap, and it wasn't wasn't easy to do. So, um, but yeah, again, only the personal thing that came into it this week being tired that I found I tapered off at the end of the night with the hour at the start. So. Yeah, uh, this old yeah, this old man's only got so much juice in the tank upstairs, you know. Because <laughs> it does end up being really, if you come in at the start of qualifying, it's basically an hour forty five, you know, two hours of racing, um, all the way through. So, it, it which is fine. Up. Look, yeah, honestly, fine, it's yeah. fine. You do a couple of officials, and you've done the same thing, right? True. So, uh, for me, it was just an, a, a thing on the night. That's all. Uh, otherwise, it's been fine for me. And again, if I'm happy as long as it's a it's an even playing field. Everyone starts with the same gear and the same same stuff, so it's good. How I, guess the other, like, I was going to say how about the um, on, so, yeah. single, single server um, oh. <laughs> setup, Ira? How did you how did you find yeah, that? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, well, just going quickly back on that, what you're saying about quality. I mean, that's something I'd be definitely open to look at. Um, <clears throat> at the start of the season, if you had asked me if you, if I thought an hour was too long, I think Braden and I might have actually had a conversation about it before we even started that. But it's kind of the thing, right, from an event organiser point of view, you've got to get some data and you've got to, like, swing a little bit, maybe too far one way for you to know where you need to be in the middle. And what Alex said about he finds that mental thing, well, I find that as well, right? So here's how I manage it. What I do is, I don't know if you noticed, but I jump on normally as soon as the server opens and I do about 20 minutes, half an hour, and then I park it up. And I go away and I'll, I'll stay in the room, but I'll be walking around normally. I'm talking to Jonathan, race control or something like that, or I'm just watching like, and sometimes I'll jump into quick cars and I'll see what they're doing. And that's how I manage that mental thing because I just know back from my karting days and that, like I could never go straight from quality straight to a race. I had to give myself a mental break. And even with practice, we used to collect data. And if I practiced the weekend before, right, I would go worse than if I practiced two or three weekends ago. So it's athletes do it as well. They manage that, like, you know, and they take that taper. Yeah. 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 But in terms of the server, yeah, I thought that was much better. Um, And Jay's happier. It's cut the broadcast, well, it's cut the time down and um, reduced the error rate. And I think in terms of that, like, yeah, I'm really happy with it. I kind of wish I had it done ages ago, to be honest. But um, same thing, you've got to collect data and sort of, you know, um small changes as you go sort of thing but yeah i thought that worked really good um and there probably will be a few tweaks i got a review panel um a few people um a couple of you guys included um so we'll, we'll go through that at the end of the year and make a few tweaks probably for next season i could see quality probably being cut down for sure just for the reason that you know all the reasons that you guys said really no i know we had two we had two server issues this week. One where Braden couldn't turned up like two minutes late for the race and couldn't race, <laughs> and then obviously Russell just not paying attention to him getting disconnected. And yeah, that is making the only thing. You miss the start of race one. I think that's you can't get back in. Yeah, yeah. So that is kind of a problem, but. Yeah, it was probably like, best for everyone that I missed the start of race one, to be fair, because <laughs> that practice race I did during the week, I was struggling. <laughs> it's one of those things, it's a, it's a bit of compromise, but, you know, yeah. um, I think you guys said on the podcast one day, like, what, you know, iRacing, if you're listening, please, can we just have two quality sessions in one server? <laughs> Allow us to have a race series or race weekend or whatever you want to call it, like you used to be able to do in Toker and all that kind of stuff. Just let us have that. Yeah. 
And you never know, they might do that. It might be ready to go since they're starting to leak all the info right now, which is really cool to see. Um, final thoughts on any other changes, Ira? Or, or we'll get, and then we'll go on to the boys and then we'll move on to what's happening in the future. Yeah, um, not too not too many changes from what I see, um, to be honest. And I think um, one thing I did want to go back over and just quickly talk about was, um, I think it was on last week's podcast, you guys talked about the um, Braden putting his video up, his opinion of the um, thing. And actually, oh, well, I remember I said it. Like, honestly, I know I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. I'm enjoying, like, I'm getting so much enjoyment out of listening to people speak about my league objectively. And I love the fact, right, that you guys can say he's his own worst enemy, right? <laughs> and then, but you know we're going to be cool because we've got a friendship where we, we, we know we can tell each other that stuff. And, 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 and look, but you guys kind of summed it up perfectly because, yeah, I am my own worst enemy, right? But here's the thing, right? What else do you do? And the longer you let those things go on, the worse the fester, the more damage they do. And don't worry, I'm I'm a lot better at it now than I used to be. But you know, you got to kind of keep it in perspective. And that's like with the race control stuff, like talking about that incident. I thought the the incident that happened the season before, maybe I didn't handle that as good as probably as what I could have. So I thought this time I'll take a different approach. So Sean asked the question, and obviously, like you know, Sean Sean's been around long enough to like earn my respect. He's got every right to you know. Um, there was no dramas with anything that he said. Um, and so I just explained our position from race control. And it's one of those things, right, and I'm going to, like, quickly sidetrack, but, like, Alex, I know you've been saying a lot, like, oh, you know, you couldn't do it for quids, right? I actually think you're better at it than what you, what you think you are, right? Because <laughs> nah, the, mate, the ability, you've got the ability to be objective, right? And you're actually what brings that to this podcast a lot of the time, right? Here's what you don't understand about race control, right? It's an imperfect science, right? And the proof of that is like, I'll give you an example, right? Say something happens, say we're having a season, right? And there's a whole heap of like young, let's just say they're go-karters, right? And they're hot lappers, but they take a lot of shortcuts and they run into people a lot, right, right? Now, anything that happens in that season, right, is gonna get smashed, right? Race control is gonna be all over it, right? Now, say for example, right, you've got a season where you might have done 11 seasons in the past, let's say, right? And you've got a bunch of 30 guys who have all driven together for a long time. But every week, two or three of them just run up the back of each other, right? So what you're trying to do is, it's a bit like insurance on the road, right? There's no other way to actually measure it. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to get them to place a mental value on not hitting the back of the car in front. Because in real life, the incentive's there, right? Because that thing probably costs 50 grand or whatever, right? So in a sim, that's basically what you're trying to do. And I know, like, it sounds stupid to say this, right? But it's like AFL umpiring, right? Things get judged differently depending on the context and who did it. And, like, for example, right, you pick someone, you know, like Braden runs into the back of someone, right? You know there was no intention, right? He just messed up. So, uh, yeah, so to explain all that, it's it's sort of like, it's something you don't really want to penalise. And like even Sean, you know, that stuff, like you don't really want to penalise that sort of stuff. But the problem is because of sim racing, you've got to draw the line somewhere. And what I would say to the drivers, right, and I said this to Ashley last week because he kind of asked the same question, if you're going to follow close behind, right, that's the risk you're taking. 
that if that dude does check up and okay i know it's not fair if the dude in front of you checks up and like in real racing on road right if the dude in front of you checks up and you push him off it's play on right but well it's a bit different because we're trying to provide a good experience for everybody every week and keep the error rate like as low as possible so hold on hold on yeah. hold on hold on who checked up as long as you're consistent in the approach and everyone knows yeah. that then that's a standard that everyone can follow right yeah. so yeah. so yeah. it's not always perfect and look people get punished for things that they didn't really kind of do if that makes sense and that's why i always encourage people to come into the box afterwards right because if you, i usually find one quick conversation about it and then you don't stew on it, you know, and that's why we have protests closed within an hour after the race and so it doesn't drag on and, and all those kinds of things. So, yeah, it's it's an imperfect science, but um, I actually think that um, there's not too many tweaks you couldn't make to that system to make it much better, really, to be honest. And like I said, I think you'd actually be better at it than you think. Oh, I don't know, man. Look, I used to, like I said, we used to do this league called the Australasian Super Skips and they used the stewarding system um, that was uh, actually developed for the, the 2K Cup by Philippe Lebert. He's done up a website and he's got all this stuff. And, and what it does is you get your pool of people together. Say you got, I don't know, five stewards, right? The, the replay gets uploaded, it opens up, and everyone gets to watch the replay and put their comments in. And then you, you marry it up and you average the rating of the, the score against the incident. And when we were doing it, I just found myself all over the shop compared to yeah. everyone. I, I, look, I agree with you when it comes to subjectivity. I mean, I think about you, you see that in, in sport, you see that in, in art, you see it. everyone, well, a lot of people will often view things differently. And, I mean, I look at when I played football, right, my school coach who was a maths teacher that didn't like me, I could only get into second grade, right, but we're at club, um, you know, I was I was playing first grade and getting, getting rep sides and that sort of thing so same with this sort of stuff people see it differently and it's hard when you're under the visor to look at yourself yeah. objectively i think too so yeah. oh yeah for sure and that's why um just going back to what i really should have finished off saying with the sean one i thought look i'll, I'll just state our position and that's it right away i'll just leave it for everybody else to discuss and what i found interesting was if you go back and listen to your this podcast last week right the way you guys talked about it it kind of sounded like some shit went down, right? But in actual <laughs> fact, like, and nothing happened. And you guys actually clarified the fact that nothing happened, right? But it's that just shows me that, like, it doesn't really kind of matter what happens, right? The perception's there. And that's why you've got to try and keep the incident rate, like, just as low as possible and just as many happy customers as you can, like, for as long as you can. Um, and, yeah, people, like, we all know Sean too, right? And he'll be the first one to tell you he's passionate and he's, he, you know, the, he gets a bit of the red mist and, you know, he thinks about it the next day and talks to Dennis and he's cool. <laughs> you can see the passion in how he drives, honestly. Yeah. He's, oh, yeah, he's sure. full attack all the time, you know. Yeah. So, and that's what we yeah. like about him. <laughs> Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, it is. Let's go <laughs> on to the rest of the future of Aussie Car, mate. What do you got planned for us? Yeah, so basically next week we got like a little three-week run up till Christmas. So we're going to put on um, uh, F3s. We're going to give them a trial because um, doing some surveying around on the forums and that earlier in the year, that was one car that kind of stuck out. It seems like a logical choice from the skippies as well. So I thought three-week free season, so it's free for anybody to enter. So if anybody's like been listening to the podcast for a while and thinking they might want to have a crack at this Aussie car stuff, 
this is a perfect opportunity and it will be broadcast still on SimSpeed and Jonathan from 24-7 Race Control will be there. So Red Bull Ring the first week, um, then Phillip Island and then Bathurst. So yeah, three weeks and I'm going to try something slightly different. It's going to be one server, a 15-minute race and a 30-minute race, although I could tell you like I was so tempted to do three 15-minute races, but I might say that for something else. Um, but in the second race, the top 40% of the field will be inverted. So that's what they do in real F3. And I've worked out, there's already 20 cars entered. Um, and the entry forms for anybody looking, I should mention, is just on aussiecar.net. That's the best place to go. And all the links are there. Um, yeah, so 20 cars entered and I um, uh, lost my train of thought now. <laughs> uh, can't remember what I was going to say. But uh, yeah, so Red Bull then Phillip Island and then Bathurst and yeah, oh, sorry, that was about the inversion. Yeah. So 40% of the field. So it's going to be roughly about eight to 12 cars, um, will be inverted and that's for race two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fixed, fixed setup as well. So yeah. you won't have to worry about playing the setups and just be rock up and you'll know everyone's got the same equipment. So is there any truth to the rumor that you're starting up a Skippy Rallycross league as well? <laughs> yeah, I went and drove one the other day after someone said that. I thought, I'm going to drive. You, it's actually not as bad as you think. You can no, do it. No, um, you, no, no. You've got to turn no. the damage off. But look, no. <laughs> um, you guys know, right, I like to kind of dabble. But, yeah, we, I'm also a pretty serious racer, really. Like, And I'm kind of a bit of a traditionalist. So I Between thought the dirt you was... Um, I saw one the other day that was a concept that I think iRacing might have put up. It was... The rallycross cars on a road track, no X limit, so you could go <laughs> oh, yeah. anywhere Prince you track. wanted, as long, like you cut corners or whatever it was. Yeah. It was no slowdowns, no no X's, and it was just yeah, get I around the that. track as quick as you can. Anywhere in between the walls on a Grand Prix yeah. track, so you could go across the runoff. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, no, I thought the dirt was probably my as adventurous as I would go and I actually thought the dirt race pretty good to be honest um and Me actually too. that's one thing I was going to mention when you guys were talking about the dirt and the track um the usage um I, I kind of realized listening to the podcast that you guys probably never raced on dirt and that bit that you were calling the slip right that's actually the grippy bit right that dark line that starts developing because it happens in real speedway right yeah there's a lot of loose dirt on top, and then as the cars, you know, pump and lap, and they, and it rubbers up, it rubbers up. And I don't know. I was watching the ODSC um, 410 Championship on Simspeed last night, and that was real evidence. If you go and watch the feature, the top was working, um, and there was nothing on the bottom, and it was all just that. And that's a, the stuff that just looks like normal dirt. That's actually the slick. That's where there's no grip. Mm, yeah. um, but then a few people started running the bottom, and then all of a sudden the bottom came in, and it was two real distinct black lines. Um, but I think the only thing I probably would have done differently, I think the half an hour race was too long. But then again, I thought, oh, there'll be a caution for sure. <laughs> so, you know, my, my track record guessing cautions is zero, I think. <laughs> oh, the back yeah, of the grid tried our best, mate. <laughs> Yeah. I, I had so, Alex covered if it only went for 15 minutes. <laughs> and the reason, and you guys were right, actually, in the podcast, I think it was Alex said it would have been better, like, opportunity to, like, do the heat format thing. But here's the thing, right, I had kind of tried that once. Then I'd done the other format. So I, I kind of needed to do this in my brain to do all three and, like, to know for sure, okay, the heat is the best format, you know. Because we hadn't actually done a 15-minute race and a 30-minute race on the dirt. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, um, I think that's about it. Any final questions from you guys? No, just, I guess, more of a thanks to Ira just for, yeah, just running the league and stuff. You know, we've been stuck stuck around for 11-odd seasons and, you know, this is the first league I ever picked up when I first started iRacing and, you know, it goes to show it's obviously doing pretty well because I'm still here 11 seasons later. Um, so, yeah, just more of a thanks and keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I was going to say the same, mate. Uh, keep staying creative too. Like the little changes is what makes it interesting. Um, even with the points this year, I know the last couple of seasons we've had the the same point systems, but this is the first one where, you know, it's two at the top rather than one breaking away. So, uh, look, it shows that there's still some uh, some new things to find each and every time. So keep up the good work, mate. Yeah, thanks for that, both guys. Appreciate that. And um, I actually think I, we haven't really kind of had a season yet where, um, like, you know, we need Ben to have a season where he doesn't get run into so I can see how the points actually, because I think they're actually pretty much bang on now. But it's interesting that, yeah, um, it hasn't kind of worked out that way. And I think it's just because a few people have had a few unlucky incidents and things like that. But, but yeah, and... Um, and AJ, AJ just needs that top split weight ballast added to his car so yeah, that we it. can actually catch him. But oh, Ben's got to worry. stop putting his car at the wrong angle compared to everyone else's the other thing. So. <laughs> That's that, just that that Milo on, things. <laughs> that is on my list of... Um, future things weight penalties but i don't know if we go there or not but yeah no thanks guys and it's been a been a long year but a good year so i appreciate you guys sticking around and it was good to see you Braden. even though i know you think it wasn't really a win like honestly that's actually probably the hardest race to win this season and for a lot of seasons i mean i know the road races are hard to win as well but yeah um yeah i actually think but that was the good thing about the dirt you know it threw something else up so to me that it worked you know because same old every week, right? That could eventually I'll get bored of that, right? And if I get bored, then so will other people. So, yeah, I thought it did a, you know, it did mix it up. So yeah, and just actually one thing I did forget is um, we're doing one more hill climb before Christmas, um, race through the clouds in the Radical SRA. So yeah, same thing. Jump on AussieCar.net. That's a free event as well. And then um, actually in January, I should probably mention this real quick. Um, I've got to talk to Jay, but we just to confirm dates. But Skippy's probably won't start back till about end of January, just to give everyone a good break. Because look, let's be honest, right? It's pretty serious commitment, and we want to keep it that way. So give everyone a chance to freshen up. So um, as long as Jay is available for the first, not the first week in January, uh, New Year's, but the next three, we're going to actually run another short three-week season, which will be broadcast and race control. And I don't know what you're doing next year, Wilco, but I'm hoping that I might be able to tempt you back with a three-week <laughs> short track skippy oval season. Mm. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Short track oval, so USA Speedway and a couple of the other free ones, which are yeah. basically the same size. Three weeks, three probably three 15-minute races. Okay. Very so I want to try out the three 15-minute because I think that's a that's a good idea in the right context. I think it could work good. So, yeah. So I'm going to throw that up. I'm going to put some details up shortly. But, yeah, you guys have got the uh, got the scoop on that one. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. More scoops, the better. Uh, well, thank you again for an awesome year. Um, we'll see what I'm doing next year. You know, I've got other plans, but we'll see if that tempts me to do a little bit more. But thank you, Ira, for being a legend and joining us each week and putting up with us talking about you each week as well. And no, we will... Thanks. Yeah. 
sorry, I just want to say, yeah, again, thank you guys. Because honestly, like I said, I get, I get so much enjoyment out of listening to people like pick the brains out. Because hey, that's that's how we get better, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yes, we'll. But we will talk to you in the new year when we have more stuff to announce. And yeah, until then, have a good Christy, mate. Awesome, you too. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And thank you so much for that, Ira. Always good to have a chat with you. Always good to catch up. He did forget to mention where you can catch him. He's actually got a webcam going now, so he does stream on Hills Bloke on Twitch. So go check out Hills Bloke on Twitch. You'll be able to catch him, and uh, you will see him either sim racing or he'll be hunting. Uh, and at the moment, he's got fishing rods in the background. So go check out his stream, his racing car with his arrows and his and his fishing rods in his cockpit, it looks like. Uh, but uh, definitely thank you so much for, for ho- helping us out and supporting us and giving us all the scoops we need. Uh, so, Braden, mate, there's been a lot of news. Do you want to start taking us through what's been happening with iRacing and, and, and the information that they're, they're throwing through to us right now? Yeah, so we finally got a bit of an update for next season. Um, the first thing being that there will be a new track released, which is Knock Hill, uh, which is a Scottish race course, I believe. Um, you look at the track map, and it's a pretty bland-looking thing, but you actually look at it um, on like the more satellite-type images, and it looks like it's got a little bit more character uh, than the, than the drawn sort of track maps. Um, it feels a lot like a um, Watkins Glen, which is ironic because we're going to talk about that in a sec as well. But it's got that, yeah, it looks like it's got those those long straights and, and the big flowy corners, which sort of feed then into the long straights and the chicanes, which look like you could almost take them straight. Yeah. Um, from the satellite views, but yeah, it's going to be a fast, flowy one. Yeah, well, it's the picture that they put up, I think, from memory, had uh, Formula V sort of sitting in the garage, and it does look like a very Formula V-type mm. track. Um, but yeah, it's definitely going to be very drafty, um, but I'm sure it has its little intricacies like all racetracks do. Um, it seems to be a pretty well-liked and popular track from the response I sort of saw on the few posts I had a look at. But um, yeah, be interesting to see what it is. It looks like a very uh sort of not it's like it's you know it's very non-gp style track it's very yeah. like a your amateur racer that can go out like on the weekend and, track. and yeah throw their uh whatever they've got around it um and have a bit of fun so yeah it'd be is interesting that, to see what it's like is, is that first corner doofus corner <laughs> that is uh doofus, dip. doofus dip yeah Sorry. <laughs> yeah that's so, be interesting which is a bit interesting because you've got you know brabham and the Taylors and you know Clark, what? and you've just called someone doofus dip, so it's an interesting. I one. reckon I've raced that in Project Cars, and it is a fun little track. It's definitely that dip is a nightmare, um, but yeah, it was a fun track when I raced it actually. So uh, that that chicane at the back onto the back straight is fairly fast. You can pretty much cut most of it, and it turns that back straight uh even that the right hander in there um into a very very fast flowing uh section uh to the hairpin at the end which is an uphill hairpin to a right hand the right hand turn onto the straight so now i know it yeah it's actually a really good track i'm looking forward to it yeah i think the pictures don't obviously show the elevation of the track no, very well is, but yeah. 
I think when you look um, at some other other pictures, you you notice that the elevation is probably what makes gives gives the track its character. Um, whereas the track map kind of like makes it look like it's a bit bland. But I'm just looking at a few different sort of pictures here, um, that really show the drop into that first section and mm, how much lower the how much lower the back straight is compared to uh, the pitch straight. And it yeah, it looks like it'll be an interesting little drive. Yeah, no, looking forward to that. Like I said, now I know what it is. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very much keen for that. So we, we alluded to it before. Watkins Glen is getting a full update. Have you got any other information on that as yet? Not really. Uh, it was just interesting. I, I definitely noticed that it's something that people have been calling for for quite a while because I think Watkins Glen, if I'm not mistaken, is one of the very early tracks that were on iRacing or it's definitely been around for quite a while um, and has had a fair few updates in in real life to the to the tracks at least look um at the very least um so i think it's something that people have been calling for for a while and you know another american track where nascar goes uh, quite regularly so as we know they get updated pretty well <laughs> that is true unfortunately but yeah look it's a it's it's an interesting one okay so watkins glen is a probably a track that we all love to hate at times but it is like i said fast and flowing and and always puts on good racing. So, and, and we always seem to end up there and no matter what series you're, you're running. So good to see they're giving it an update. Alex, you had any thoughts on either of those two at all? Well, I, I'm, honestly, I've never heard of Knock Hill. I'm, you know, showing my ignorance there, but I'm just wondering how we ended up at a Scottish track. Uh, I'm sure it's got a lot of character. And, but in the, in the time of COVID, I wonder. <laughs> I just wonder how we ended up there, you know what I mean? Um, looking forward to trying it out. It looks like a lot of right-hand corners with a one left-hand bend and that chicane that you can almost straight line. So it'll be interesting. And then, uh, but look, again, looking forward to seeing what that'll be like. As I agree with you. It looks like a, a real club circuit, uh, which I think, given the category that we race uh, predominantly in the skips, will be, will be well-suited for us, right? So yeah. I think... I love a GP circuit, but I also love a circuit where you don't get out of fourth gear in the skips as well. So um, I'm hoping it'll be one of those. Uh, when it comes to Watkins Glen, I don't know. I mean, uh, I really love the the classic boot layout of Watkins Glen. Uh, I'm not real partial to the bus stop chicane myself, but the rest of it I like. Um, and I think, yeah, very, very popular track for the most part. Certainly it's not like Coda where, you know, participation disappears everyone says they don't like uh Watkins Glen but every, everyone turns up and it's yeah. usually one of the biggest participation weeks so they must be doing something right there and um you know the first question that I saw come up on the forums you know uh was what are we gonna have to pay for the update is it gonna be free and all the rest of it so I guess that's the question and all that for mine as well like uh, not necessarily it's originally but... a free track from what I was gonna say before wasn't it Oh, I don't know. I, I, think I, so. I think I, I think I bought it, oh, okay. but um, I'm not keen to buy it again, to be honest. But um, I guess we'll see how that goes. Haven't we had updates to paid once before? Have we not? Yeah, Charlotte Roval's a good one, or Charlotte. That was we the didn't have one to pay I'd... for that. No, no, but that was always a free track, as you say. I'm not sure yeah, about I... Watkins, though. Yeah. Okay. I look. I, the only thing I can think of is they might do what they did with the cars, where they updated it and and give everyone credit for the same amount. Well, so they can choose to buy it or buy Fe- something else. Phoenix, they recently visually updated and didn't make you buy it again, right? Yeah, no, another free track though, right? Oh, okay. Is it though? Uh, I yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think it yeah. is. Yeah. That's why we go there in the um, 
yeah, okay, yeah. I, I, I look. I assume they've been pretty good with the cars this season when they've updated them. So I can't see them doing anything dodgy with the tracks. But we'll wait and see. There's, I think there's a lot more information about to start rolling out in this next week. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I look forward to it. The next thing I sort of noticed was just uh, I racing up. They, or not iRacing, rather, Fanatec um, updated us with their new sort of DD uh, or CSL DD uh, package that they're running for Gran Turismo. No, we mostly talk iRacing, but they basically brought out a dedicated uh, little track, a uh, little, um, uh, not track, uh, set up there for, for your Gran Turismo drivers. The wheel looked pretty cool, but um, to be honest, I, I thought there was going to be a lot more I don't know. I thought there was going to be a lot more in the sim space uh, this Black Friday because I was talking to Tim a little bit about this. You know, the the sim sort of companies are at a real crossroads at the moment. There's a lot of people popping up, but there's a lot of people, a lot, sorry, a lot of companies popping up, but there's a lot of people not racing <laughs> as yeah. well. So I was kind of expecting this Black Friday for there to be some pretty big deals or at least some new product releases that really tried to hook people back into sim racing. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of an interesting space at the moment for companies, I think. Yeah, I just wonder if if um, supply chains are still an issue, whether it be Could for be. new products or for new companies and their products. Um, I, I'm a bit cynical on stuff like Black Friday these days. It's like the bargain bin bargain bins get brought to the front for everyone to have a look at, uh, but the good stuff, you, you know, you don't see anything of. So. I mean that that new release for Fnatic that didn't come out at a, at a Black Friday sale, right? It just came no, out. So, and the other thing is, particularly with electronics at the moment, with the supply chains globally still in a pretty chaotic state, supplies really being outstripped by demand and everything. Yeah, so you what, don't mark down stuff that you can't keep on the shelves. No, no, yeah, that's exactly right. If 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 um if you got something you can sell, why why would you? you know harvest profits or give it away essentially yeah. when you can make a profit so yeah. black friday for me was a bit of a non-event to be honest and um i can understand why it doesn't make good business sense right yeah no exactly but look as far as the grand Turismo wheel like it took me a little bit by surprise but then we've talked on here many times about how big grand Turismo actually is when you yeah. when you scratch the surface of it so it it does make us and it makes sense there's a huge market there and it is a very serious sim racer and the new game is coming out very, very soon and there's a marker for DDs that are, that you don't have to put much effort into to get any work on a PlayStation. So it makes perfect sense when you look at that. And then what Sony's been doing, if you follow what Sony's been doing, they're bringing a lot of their, their titles across to PC as well in around the 12-month mark. And Gran Turismo is a perfect, perfect candidate for that because it would bring in such a huge audience. Like all those... PC players that are playing iRacing at the moment, all of a sudden, cool, there's Gran Turismo's here on the PC. I don't have to get a PlayStation. I don't have to play around with my my crappy little plastic peripherals. I can, you know, use my big massive setup on Gran Turismo. I'm going to give this one a crack. And it's a huge market they can get into. So, um, Do you reckon Fnatic, after all this time they, they do that though? Well, they they are doing it. All their all their big titles. God of War is the next one to come across. Mm. It's going to be coming across. Um, they've already announced um, Horizon. The new Horizon will come across eventually. Death Stranding came across. Uh, I think Sackboy is going to get a, a port across soon as well. So pretty much every one of their new titles, because the PS Five and the and the con and the PC are pretty much the same these days as far as internals 
coding. So it's it's a lot easier, lots more cost efficient to do it. And it is such a huge market that they can can hit that, you know, when you talk about cool, we've got a hundred million PlayStation fours out there we can we can sell to. We've also then got, you know, millions, hundreds hundreds of millions of people with PCs that are are pretty keen, you know. Could you imagine cross-platform support too? Like, you imagine racing all your all your console mates at a at a game like that as well? It'd be very interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, there, there's a lot of stuff, but when you look at it dollars and cents, it, it makes sense. So, um, yeah, it, it's 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 a good little way for Fnatic to get there. It's it's a shot shot straight at Logitech, you know. Um, cool logitech you got these wheels and you're saying they're really cool for playstation but hey we've got the real stuff here yeah here hold my beer there you go (laughs) i think so i think the gaming industry in general is at a bit of a crossroads as well like the amount of titles now that are coming out that are free to play and they're they're completely restructuring their business model to look for you know battle passes or in-game content that can be purchased as opposed to making you pay a hundred dollars for the game and sort of that's that's what you stop at um and and the i guess the emergence of how many people want cross play as games like i i find it very frustrating now if i want to play a game and it's not cross play because you know you just eliminate half your half the people you can play with straight away so i remember you know fortnite was probably the first big one to really really get on board and 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 do it and you know being able to play with people on playstation or pc or whatever it was means that people you know, at the end of the day, gaming is gaming. But I think what makes people game so much is that they're still connecting with their friends. And when you're eliminating half of the people that you can play with, you know, that's yeah. got to make your game less of a uh, a want for people to play. You know, they want to play with their mates. And if you can do that, no matter whether your mum happened to buy you an Xbox for Christmas or your mum happened to buy you a PlayStation or you're lucky enough to build a PC, you know, that's, that's a big thing. Yeah, mate, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed Saturday racing this week so much more because there was there was you and Nathan and my new Brazilian mate. It's good. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. Like, it's it's so easy to get people in when you've got more options to get them in. Um, and I think the other thing everyone forgets is PlayStation and Epic did a fairly big deal not long ago. Now, Epic is the people who did Fortnite, who are the ones who've been pushing for cross-play, cross-progression, uh, using their account system set up. Uh, Unreal 5 came out, the engine, and PlayStation backed it in a big way. And, and they are sort of working together with a lot of things at the moment. So um, cross-progression and cross-play is, is something that they can really work on with, with stuff like that. Imagine you, I pick up Gran Turismo on my PC and I, I oh, cool, I want to do a few laps. I've got the PlayStation 5 hooked up. I can just use the controller. Obviously, not get the same experience, but I can just have a bit of fun, muck around, and then hop on the, on the sim on the PC uh, and and have a real good crack at it when I want to do some like just just use the controller to get some practice of seeing out track or, or, or stuff like that or just race with your mates and then me I jump on the PS4 and or for PC and have a, have a proper go on the rig so there's potential for stuff like that but um, you know gateway drug either way I racing people <laughs> going one way and then they also you know oh cool my my I just got a PC to play my Gran Turismo even better with my new DD wheel and. Oh, I racing. Here we go, and then all of a sudden, you know, I always feel more competitions the better. Like we'll get better things out of it when, the more we have competition out there. So yeah, exactly. It drives you forward. I mean, like, again, I described my experience this week at at Coda. The experience of you know getting my butt kicked drove me to go <laughs> further, and it was with a new person that I hadn't raced with before. 
you know, and a couple of people actually, including uh, old mate the Carter. So um, those sorts of experiences uh, are what keeps us coming back, right, and striving to be better. Yeah, definitely. Speaking about competitions, uh, the last thing I just wanted to note was shout out to a good friend, Craig Kermond, um, who's put together a really, really well put together website, to be honest, um, called simracingleagues.org, which is basically a hub where you can go and find uh, leagues from any kind of uh, game that's out there. Um, and you just click on what sort of game you want to look for. Obviously, for example, we might go to an iRacing one. You click on iRacing and, and it's got a list of uh, leagues that are there to join, whether they're broadcasted, whether they have live race control, whether there's an entry fee and what it is, whether it's limited to entries and obviously what cars and days um, that they're running. And, and I think it's a really, really great website that he's put together. And there's already quite a few leagues that have jumped on board to sort of advertise. And you know, I really hope it becomes a hub for people trying to, um, I guess, find, you know, new leagues to race in. Um, so really good uh, work by uh, Craig. And, and there's lots of different things on there. You can advertise your race control business. You can uh, advertise your sim painting business, whether you're a racing um, coach. Um, you can uh, advertise your coaching, um, your leagues, your broadcasters, basically any of that stuff. So, yeah, head over to simracingleagues.org. It's a really, really nice looking website and really well put together. So good job, Craig. Yeah, it's got a nice little banner there with Locked On iRacing Podcast right yeah. in the smack middle, middle of it too. <laughs> yeah. Making deals behind the scenes, it's all good. Uh, no, but well done on Craig on getting that out. It does look really good. So definitely go support that if you can. Uh, like I said, just sharing it with your friends uh, or, or, you know, mentioning it to that league organiser who's not on there who, you know, might definitely get some business out of it. The, you know, definitely go do that. So let's head into the results section of the podcast we've got all the results from the two leagues that we're following right now that are still running um let's get into sunday night lights alex mckellar what happened mate Four thousand strength of field did i see yeah i know we were a bit soft this week uh in the strength of field stakes uh, a little bit under our average this season which is bordering on 4900 we were at 4430 or there people i think raced in the end yeah, three splits. Um, but, you know, can I tell you, uh, if we can get crack 4,400 on a three-split night at Coda, I'm, I'm pretty happy, to be honest. Um, and the racing was really good too. The the racing in the top split told a, a good story, as so many of them do, and it was broken into different parts and, and really enjoyed watching it and calling it. So it was really good. So qualifying... Uh, saw Nagai, Naoya Nagai 2.0. He's uh, really... Showing the way uh, globally, if I'm honest, when you got the likes of Christian Perez in my ear saying, "Hey, how's he doing it?" You reckon, sort of thing. <laughs> um, you know, he's going all right, and he, and we've talked about it before. He's bringing some of the Japanese community with him. He put it on pole once again, seven tenths ahead yeah, of Giuseppe Tolini. Yeah, absolutely crazy uh, with a forty-four nine. So you don't see too many folks crack the forty-fours um, in quali. Uh, but he he managed to do it. So well done to Nagai-san. And I think he holds the world record for quality this season, which is not necessarily that surprising. <laughs> so Tolini, as I said, uh, joined him on the front row just ahead of Takumi Yamato. And finally, making his SNL debut, he promised me last week he'd keep going until he got there. Hiroyuki Shoda. I said to watch him from uh, the week at Hungaro ring earlier this season. <laughs> um, he's still probably a bit light on in the I rating stakes, but... Uh, 
he got there uh, on the low soft night and he, he started on four. So he had three Japanese drivers in the top four in qualifying. You know they're doing something right. Mitchell Nichols cracked it for his first top split run this season. He started in fifth. Nah, I, sp- I, uh, I was the lucky person who got him at Snedderton. Yeah, actually, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. The other, the other low soft uh, yep. week at Snedderton. Yeah, I forgot about that. So he's the uh, he was the leading ANZ in quali, ANZ driver, I should say. Uh, Vasco Sorovsky was there. He started in eighth, and Russell Clark, Team Milo boss man, he turned up and supported the series again, and he started in fifteenth. So we took off. Um, and Nagaisan really sort of dominated the race post to post or flag to flag. His main championship rival didn't front, so Julian O'Frey had the night I off. I was for- just about to talk to you about that. I'm, I'm looking at Julian's record, and he's only got a finish greater than sort of seventh, and he's improved his worst result, and that improves him just enough to get ahead, and that could have clinched the season. I'm like, well, why wouldn't you at least have a crack? Yeah, that's right. Potentially, and it would have been the night. It would have been the night to do it too, yeah, honestly. Exactly. So, because you saw Nagai. Now, this is Nagai's strength, right? When he sticks it on pole, and there's not a pack around him. I've seen him get out raced a few times, but when he's able to have a break, and don't get me wrong, Tolini was in his draft up until the final couple of laps, right? Uh, but Nagai, uh, when he's able to hot lap. He's really tough to beat. We saw that strongest strength of field in iRacing Skip Barber history. He got a break and he just drove away and they weren't able to. And some of the best drivers on the planet in the skips weren't able to catch him just when he can hot lap. Same thing you know, happened here. So Tolini was in his draft pretty much the whole race, keeping him honest. But uh, in the last couple of laps when he broke the draft, Nagai ends up running away with it by three and a half seconds in the end. And that's uh, that's a really strong performance from Nagai son. So behind him, though, there were the two Italians, uh, Tallini and Amadio. Amadio did well. He started sixth, actually, and pushed up to um, run in that top three. And there were the, the two Italians just hanging on in draft as best they could. Tallini was able to hang on the longest and, and kept going. And Amadio suddenly came under fire. But the real the story of the race at the start, at least, was this big incident at turn one. There was a flood of skip barbers coming into turn one. And Fraser Smith, who'd won the last two rounds, actually, one spectacular performance at Nürburgring in particular stood out. Young uh, young English fella, uh, well-spoken in a, in a post-race interview too. I, I was watching the replay of the incident and he swung right out to the, the outside of the yeah. track. And I actually called uh, our Brazilian mate, Cavalho, I called him as diving up the inside because it was four wide briefly, right? <laughs> Um, coming into the braking zone and towards the apex. And he was right up the inside, making that a greater than a 90-degree corner was Cavalio, right? So I called him out uh, as being the, the instigator, but he was only half the story because what you actually saw was Fraser Smith went all the way out to open up the corner, but he's come back and he's only left <laughs> two wide, uh, him and one other on the on the apex, right? And that's where it all bumped up. And unfortunately, that was the end of Sarovsky's competitive night. So... We spoke to him after the race and he, um, you know, he was pretty uh, resolute or resilient about it ultimately, you know, kind of sometimes it doesn't go your way kind of stuff. But um, I know he would have been disappointed with that because he's been having a good season. So 
Anyway, that broke up and saw Nagai, Tallini, and Amadio race away, as we saw. But there was this second pack that started really developing and, and battling throughout. Fraser Smith, once again, fantastic job. Overtake, overtook two drivers. One, firstly, Yamato, and then he took uh, Cavalio through that S's section up the mm. inside of the second and up the inside of the second apex. I called it incorrectly the first time. I thought it was shorter. It was actually um, uh, Fraser Smith, and he did a fantastic job through there. More importantly, too, both Cavalio and, and Yamato did a great job not to push the point because it would have ended up pretty ugly. So in his aggressions, Fraser Smith looked like a hero, but if the other guys don't play their part, they all look like chumps, right? So anyway... As that middle pack sort of pushed on, you saw actually early on it was Mitchell Nichols at the front of that, and I thought, here we go. He put a great move on Yamato to sit uh, in fourth uh, for a little while, but it was Fraser Smith who started making his way, making the moves through that pack to end up leading a four-car pack of himself, Cavalio, Nichols, and, and Yamato, and they were chasing down Amadio really hard. And what it ended up being was this spectacular battle condensed down into half a lap, the final lap of the race, and he saw Smith given Amadio an almighty battle mm. into the breaking zone at the at the back of the the, the back straight uh, through the tight twisty um, technical section in that final third sector all the way down into the final corner. But it, it was uh, Amadio who, in his uh, Ferrari red livery, uh, supporting the Italian uh, patriotism, who hung on for third. So it was Nagai on top, as we said, Giuseppe Tellini in second, and Loris Amadio making it. Two Italians on the podium. Fraser Smith with, again, a fantastic drive, a bit of a recovery after that turn one incident, that one turn one incident, uh, with Cavalio, the Brazilian, my new best mate from Brazil. He's uh, he's done about a 1,000 races this week, uh, and in his debut, he moved up from 10th uh, into the top five to round out the top five. Mitchell Nichols was the leading ANZ driver. Uh, he started fifth, finished sixth. Really good drive from Mitchell. Um, his debut was actually at Mid-Ohio last season in the top split and really put some moves on and sort of set the cat amongst the pigeons. Uh, this season, though, he put some moves on early but consolidated his race towards the end and race smart, and uh, he did well to finish sixth. Uh, Russell Clark got his first top 10 of the season from memory. Can, can uh, I just ask as well, hmm. doesn't Russell hate Coda? So why has he turned <laughs> up for this week out of any of the weeks he's going to turn up for? Yeah, I don't know. Look, uh, Russell's an enigma wrapped in a riddle. Uh, he's a bit hard to decode at times, but they, I was pleased to see him there and, and to get a, a, a pretty good result, top and, 10 finished. And not on his roof, which was nice. That's always a positive, right? Um, and then, of course, Sorosky uh, was the other ANZ driver, and he's finished down in 15th ahead of a, a last-place finisher, Mr. Kawada, who got caught up and uh, was ended up – he drove a three-wheeled lawnmower for a little while there and before he got back to the pits, but uh, – He's done all right as well. So looking at the second split, as we said, a lot of ANZ drivers in there. It was great to see Ryan Portelli, speaking of which, he took it out from Nathan Verney and Timothy Harris. Uh, so top three there, uh, all ANZ drivers. In fact, it was an ANZ top, top five. Six, five, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with Mark Jeffrey. Uh, Jeff O'Watch sees him finish in fourth with Jeremy Bush, another familiar name, finishing in fifth, which was a, which was a great job. Jason Brower's there, an ANZ driver in eighth, and he's having a pretty good season, actually. Uh, then yourself, Peter Wilco Wilkinson, uh, finishing in 10th, just ahead of Matt Harriet, Paul Wilson, who uh, was car number one, unlucky to miss out on the top split this week. Yeah, he um, 
yeah, I, I passed him very awkwardly uh, on one of the last couple of turns when his car was the suspension on one of the front wheels wasn't going wasn't facing the right way. So. Yeah. When those pyramids of death might have caught up with his car, you think? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Slight side note: the the uh, the the left hander. It's it's more than a right angle after the middle. It's the middle of the third sector. You got all those tight back on themselves corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just before the three right handers. Right yeah. in the last, there's a there's a tight left hander. Just said, there's a, the bush yeah, bridge. Yeah, there's an invisible bloody bollard there. Have you ever noticed that? You can't. See, oh. I can't see it, but it's invisible, and you hit it, and it anyway. Just saying. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, Paul Wilson there down in twelfth, last of the SNL point scoring positions, just ahead of uh, Jason Wilman that we spoke about before, and the final ANZ driver Jake Martin's in. 16th, we have to dive into the third split to spot uh, Carl Withy, who did, whilst he did finish in 10th position, was outscored in his season-long rivalry with Peter Wilco Wilkinson. (laughs) uh, Uh, I was (laughs) battling. So I'm sitting there. At one point, I was the 13th in in second split going, Carl's, Carl's in third split. He started fourth. He's going to have all these buck of the points. Oh, my God, I've got to get more points. I've got to get in the top 10. I mean, top 12. I've got to get top 12 all the way through it. And I'm like, Carl, how'd you go? Oh, man, I hit one of those yellow things and I've had no suspension for three laps or something, last three laps or something. Like <laughs> so, yeah, uh, he, he, he very good finish considering the damage he did to his car. Uh, yes, but as you point out, luckily less points than me this week. And I'm just looking at it now. I think I've got him covered. Yeah, you'd be pretty close to, to safe, I think. You're sitting in 30th on 70 points and Carl Withy down on 56. Yeah, it's a tough ask, mate, uh, in 37. I've just got to turn up at my at, at the home of my, my, my spiritual home of racing, Grand's Hatch, <laughs> next week, which we've just That's done a whole lot of practice of. Um, yeah. I'm feeling quietly confident of being Carl. Not anyone there else, just Carl. Go. Just, just Carl. <laughs> Let the rivalry <laughs> continue, I say. All right. So turning our uh, attention to the top 20 in the championship overall, Julian O'Frey, our absent leader so far this season, sitting on 230 on top. Laura Samadio, the leading Italian driver and bursting into the podium positions this week, as expected. Now you're in a guy uh, with a race in hand, uh, is up three positions into third and bumps Giuseppe Tolini out of the top three. Takumi Yamato. fascinating. That, 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 it is. It's, it's like knowing where, he's, where Julian O'Frey's got to finish, like that's all he's got to do. Like, do you? No, I oh, think I hard... think you're wrong, Peter. Uh, I was having a look. He needs to. He, the lowest score he's got at the moment that counts is a 28. So he can only. I thought he had a 22 in there. Oh no, no the that's, a drop, that's count. a drop one. Yeah. Yeah, my bad. So it is. It's yeah. Now he's. Um, you are right. Sorry about that. So he's he does need to finish. He, it's going to come down to who wins. As long as <laughs> well, if, yeah. if, if it's if they're one two, it's two. It's almost two wins. Yeah, it but is. It is. Yeah, it's the close. guy's got to finish in the top top one or two well, spots. To all get I would say is, if I was Julian this week, I'd be putting a lot of work into practicing my qualifying. qualifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Because Julian's actually a really good defensive driver, in mm. all honesty. Um, and it, look, it depends on what's happening in real life as well. So, uh, but Nagai, uh, he could almost bank the quality point. And then it's just yeah. what sort of what sort of pack turns up to race with him and, and how he fares I, with it. I think if he wins, he wins. Like, yeah, I just mean that the pack can can yeah. un- bring him unstuck a bit. Yeah. Is what I've yeah, seen. I so, but I think if if Nagai wins the race, he wins yep. the championship. Yep. 
I don't think there's anything Julian can do at Julian can do at that stage. Yeah, so but having said that, twenty eight points ties him, right? So if he doesn't win, uh, he and he gets, he gets yeah, yeah, or so third, fourth, probably. Yeah, so that that pack racing is is been a bit of his Achilles heel. Um, so again, it depends on who turns up for this final round. So uh, Yamato, uh, the second of the Japanese drivers in the top five, having a, a bit of a breakout season and doing very well. He has just pipped. Vasco Sorovsky, of course, picked up no points this week, dropped two positions to be remain the leading ANZ driver in sixth. A good race next week, though, puts him right up in the battle for the, the final spot in the podium, potentially. Oh, no. Yeah. No, probably not. He'd be close, though. Honestly, he'd be close. All right. Uh, then we've got Mitchell Nichols, other ANZ drivers, sitting in seventh. Paul Wilson in eighth. Jason Browers, as I said, having a pretty good season there in the second split. Uh, he's sitting in ninth. Uh, in tenth is good self, Mr. Braden Martin. Jeremy Bush just behind you in eleventh. Mark Jeffo Jeffrey, despite having a pretty good round, uh, drop rounds in play. He's dropped at one position down into thirteenth. Uh, Fraser Smith, who uh, has won a couple this, it's his first season after five races, sitting in fifteenth. So, not a bad effort. Ryan Portelli, top ten, I think, if he gets a good result. Yeah, could well do. And he's, he said he's pretty committed to coming back next season, which is good. He, he strikes me as a good kid. Uh, Ryan Portelli there uh, in 16th. Ken Himes, the great Ken Himes in 18th. And Nathan Verney up nine positions to crack it into the top 20, uh, sitting in 20th. Uh, so, look, there's all those names, with the exception of Fraser Smith, in that in that latter pit of the, the, the call there are all ANZ drivers. So... For me, to see that many in the top 20 is, is fantastic um, and uh, look, uh, really pleased to see that. And if we can support, like we said, do a few things to support the, the, the second split, maybe get a bit more of attention, continue to invest in that uh, that proving ground there, uh, it'll be great. And, you know, the other thing that happened this week, now you know, guy becomes the first driver to win three races in the top split this season. If he makes it four, I think he walks away with it. Definitely. It's going to be fascinating still. Um, let's move on to, I know we're getting real late now, so uh, let's move on to Aussie Car, Formula Skip Barber. Uh, we don't have any Anne's car or anything else to talk about. So, Braden, do you want to work your magic on this web, on this um, document and, and give us what happened since you weren't there? Yeah, I'll go through it. Uh, so, we saw Alex John take pole in the first uh, race from Ben Snell and Alex McKellar. And James Chasnoff rounding out those front two um, rows of the grid. Uh, when it was all said and done, though, it was Alex John who managed to skip away from James Chasnoff and Ben Snell. Uh, are you uh, finishing off your podium getters? Alex McKellar, uh, Russell Clark, Matthew Mites, Sean Doyle, Nathan Verney, Darren Tune. Is that a sneaky, consistent season um, from memory? And yeah, Matthew, he has. Matthew Harriet rounding out your top 10. Uh, we had some big movers in the field. Jamie Willett's up 10 spots uh, from 21st up to 11th. Uh, Darren Lasso up eight spots from 23rd up to 15th. And Peter Wilco Wilkinson up seven spots from 19th to 12th, as we discussed a little bit Thanks earlier. Thanks bad quality. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. He makes the Delta look really, really good in the spreadsheet. <laughs> Uh, second race, uh, obviously with the qualifying or the race results from race one, uh, giving us the qualifying positions for race two. Saw Ben Snell, uh, sorry, Alex John and James Chastanoff have the front row, but it was Ben Snell who came from third place, 
uh, to get the win from Alex John and James Chastanoff. Alex McKellar rounding out a consistent round of fourths uh, from Matthew Mites, who's having a really good season as well, Matthew Mites, so it's really good to see. Uh, Darren Toon, sixth. Sean Doyle, seventh. Nathan Verney, eighth. Neil Gardner and Peter Wilco Wilkinson rounding out the top ten. Uh, there were some big moves in the field again. Uh, Brody Cook, after a bit more of a forgetful first uh, race, losing 12 positions, managed to gain eight of those back in the second race, 21st up to 13th. Uh, Neil Gardner up seven spots from 16th to 9th. And Ira Felberg up five spots from 22nd up to 17th. But it saw. Can I quickly uh, shout out Darren Tune and Darren Lasso, the only people to stay in between the white lines uh, for for one of the races anyway, uh, <laughs> getting zero X's. Uh, not an easy feat on that track. Not at all. Uh, Alex John uh, took the round, obviously, with uh, his uh, really good performance from Ben Snell and James Chastanoff. But if we have a look uh, to the championship, it's going to be an interesting final round. Uh, AJ just sort of needs to hang around the front of the pack, doesn't need to take too many risks. At the moment, he is 480 points, nine points clear of James Chastanoff in second, with a pretty big gap back to Alex McKellar in third. Uh, Sean Doyle, Matthew Mites, and Ben Snell tied in fifth. Uh, Russell Clark, Nathan Verney, Darren Tune, and Neil Gardner rounding out your top 10. The road to 2K sees Matthew Harry at 14 points clear of Ashley Knowles and Brody Cook then in third from Darren Lasso and Craig Kermond. And the team's championship is all but wrapped up by top split racing with my couple of rounds absences. Uh, definitely hasn't helped the cause. Uh, from Van Diemen Racing, Locked On I Racing podcast interviews, Locked On I Racing news and results, and the Locked On Lads Discord rounding out the top five in the team's championship. Now, hang on, we've we've all but written off James in this in this final race. But oh, it's double... I don't think so. Yeah. That well, we said he's always got locked up, and and then um, uh, I think well, yeah. Iris said something similar. But it's it's nine points, right? Yeah. So that's three so, positions, really. Because well, James, yeah. it's double points, four points a position in the top five. So James yeah. wins it. AJ finishes third. That's eight points. Plus Comes down to X's. Mm, comes down to X's less. and Qualia. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, I've got to tell you, that's the tightest one I've had in a while. We talked about it during the week. I wanted to have a big discussion. But we've run out of time about mindsets going into racing at the moment. And it's one of those things like we saw it in, in the broadcast in the commentary. You've got Alex John had a, had a really good race interview, went really well, all that kind of stuff. And Chasty just felt down and he felt down all the way through the race. And it was just how he, he viewed the race. And, you know, he he came out of it. You could definitely tell he he he'd lost ground on Alex with a with a race to go, and he, I think even in his mind he thought he's out of it. And and you know, looking at us, normally nine points it's it's insurmountable at this time of the season, unless there's a big error. But the the the, the great genius stroke of Ira, whether he planned it or not, <laughs> having an, having an enduro on the last round has really opened up. Yeah, like three positions. It's it's, it's nine not... points is nothing, honestly. Yeah, um, but that's that's the mindset. Like we're looking at it because we're looking at it from the locked on example of Alex has just had a stellar season. Like what what's what could possibly go wrong? And then you know um, you're looking at it from from Alex's perspective of oh you know not it's much nervous. needs to go wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, right. Exactly. <laughs> but so, you know when you think about it, if we talk about AJ having these quite achieving seasons and he's had another one this time, really, 
Um, it's only nine points. James hasn't mm. had a bad season. No, no, not. So yeah, it's nine points, and that's honestly that's nothing in this race. And and the points can turn around so massively. You think about the season that I had. I'd written it off after round one, uh, and then round two didn't go any better. And round it wasn't until the the dirt oval round that I had the modicum of success, uh, and that brought me right back in. I'm sitting third. Um, and then you look at you know Ben even he's equal fifth. Um, so and if you look at fourth to to fifth, uh, those three drivers there, there's only eight points there as well. That'll change this week. I so think everyone sort of apart from Chastity and AJ have had a round where they'd probably rather forget. I think I think those two have definitely been the standouts and that yeah, sort of yeah they've absolutely. avoided the the problems for sure. Yeah, um, that's right. But yeah, it's it's fascinating last round. Like I said, having the enduro as the last round. Look, it could be a that's over from the start uh, if there's an incident. But you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, we we go incident free at the front all the way through. And you know, we're we're seeing them drag down the back stretch three or four deep, trying to you know trying to battle it out for that final corner. So. Yeah, a lot of things can happen through that final sector too. There was a, a really famous incident between Ben and uh, Benny Simonson at at, um, at Spa a couple of seasons ago at SNL, and um, uh, Ben was on the outside uh, of the kink on the back straight uh, coming into the final chicane, and Benny uh, rode the white line and didn't bring let him come back on. Remember I talked about that? You may, may remember the track guide I did at Watkins Glen where I said at turn four, you know, a lot of people, everyone takes a racing line on the outside of the, the white line on the track, and some people won't let you back in, so be prepared for it, right? Whereas me, I'll, I figure that's part of the racing line, I'll let you back on. Then he's well within his rights to to hold him out there, and, he, and a big pile-up, and, you know, it was funny because uh, Benny ended up colliding with three Milo cars in the same stretch, right? So And that one, so it was pretty funny, but, you know, those sort of things, you know, in the heat of the battle, in in an instant, um, can change a championship this week. So, you know, fascinating to see how it goes. Definitely. Um, and it'll be sad. Like, you know, my last race, Aussie car at this stage. So, yeah. No, we'll get to... you back in there. Come on. Uh, we'll get you in there. I don't think so at this stage. We'll see. Anyway, let's that wraps up the news and results. Uh, let's just finish this thing off. Uh, like I said, there's, a, there's so many different discussions I need, think we need to have, and we do need to have that extra podcasts i think with a few extra people in to have things like that but yeah if, if you're racing just remember there's definitely different ways to view the same incident um just don't let your mindset get the better of you uh so let's move on to brayden mate what do you got lined up for the week ahead and where can people find you um oh, i keep saying i'll stream something at some point but at this at this stage is looking like i probably won't isn't it but i will try and get back up on Get a stream. Uh, got a few weeks holidays coming up, so uh, some things we'll be getting back on. I've been playing some Halo Infinite, which has been pretty good. Um, it's really nice uh, change of pace. Feels like it's a lot more back closer to the old Halos that I really put a lot of time into. Um, with Halo Two and Halo Three, the gameplay is a little bit more fast paced, a little less floaty. Uh, like gravity has been restored to the Halo world, which is uh, pretty cool. Um, and also just picked up a Switch and started a some Pokemon Brilliant Diamonds. So it's been a while since I played a Pokemon game and I've always enjoyed them and thought, why not? <laughs> why not grab a Switch and just something that I can play and just relax in my own time and just sort of chill out and, yeah, do a bit of a do a bit of a playthrough of that. So that's been pretty cool to, to pick up as well. But 
Um, yeah, I'll try and... It's tough. Like, I really wish Brands Hatch wasn't the last week of the season for Skippies because I swear this season of Skippies has just been the let's put as many tracks that can completely and utterly destroy your safety rating as possible all in the one season. Um, so, yeah, I do need to somehow try and get my SR back above two before the end of the season. So, week 13 is not the place to be trying to do it. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> uh, so, I guess I'll have to do some races at, at Brands Hatch and maybe even try and uh, do an Enduro or something on Saturday night just to get some modicum of SR. It'll be RS Race India. Yeah. Uh, Okay, cool. And people can find you at? Oh, yeah, uh, twitch.tv slash the1dwade. And if you want to have a chat about anything else, The Ashes starts on Thursday, I believe. So, uh, sorry, Thursday or Friday. So, I'm sure I'll be tweeting about something cricket-related. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Braden Talks. Yeah. Uh, Alex McKellar, mate, what do you got lined up and where can people find you? Uh, looking forward to doing a couple more officials, maybe on Saturday again this week, see if I can line myself up with the Japanese uh, soft race again, because I've been enjoying that. Uh, then Aussie Car, of course, on Thursday, the final round at Spa. Love a bit of Spa. I'll be interested. I haven't done the, the, haven't raced Spa since they changed the track limits, so uh, interested to see uh, how that changes, how we get around uh, and the enduro format uh, and how that plays out. But otherwise, then, we're back on Sunday night for the final round of Season 25. Uh, I've got to tell you, it's been the most enjoyable season out of all of them for me, uh, both in terms of uh, feeling uh, rewarded from the experience and, and also feeling that people have bought into it this season a lot more. So looking forward to the final round there. Can Nagai claw back uh, O'Fray in this final round? I should shout out, I mean, how good is Nagai going? He cracked 7K for the first time in terms of his I rating in the last week. Also, he's now up to 7,100, so he's going all right. Um, but those two will go head-to-head, all going to plan uh, at Brands Hatch this week. Uh, you can check out all the action uh, at 9.15 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time, GMT plus 11, uh, on Top Split TV on Twitch, and the race replays are all up on the Top Split uh, YouTube channel. Just That's just the Top Split uh, but otherwise, come and check us out live or join us on the track and check out the replay later. It's always great to have people out there engaging with the event, and, and that's what it's all about. So join. otherwise, join Corey and I for the live broadcast on Top Split TV, and we look forward to seeing you all then. Uh, just as well, sad news. You'll have to wait another week for my sad ashes tweets because it's uh, not till December 8th. Got my Thursdays mixed up. Next Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hadn't – I'm obviously a huge cricket fan, you know, got a fair way in my cricket career before I gave it up. Um, ever since the ball tampering, I hadn't watched anything to do with cricket since, I don't think. And I just turned the test on the other night on Amazon. Great Started series. watching that. What's that? Great series. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. So, and watching that now with, with, with Tim Payne being in it so much, I'm sort of like, oh, okay. But it was the first bit of cricket stuff I'd watched in a while. So, I'll, I'll, I'll work my way through that, obviously, going into the Ashes series, see if I can pull myself out and back into watching it again. Did you see um, Steve Smith got named vice-captain? Yeah. yeah, and I don't know where I sit on that, to be honest. But, yeah, um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I the way, but that's a whole other hour podcast. We can <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't like rewarding people for, for stuff they've done, but, you know, how, do you, how, do you, how long do you, you know, label that person like that? 
and don't give them a second chance. That's so. Well, is it a life sentence, right? You know, is it a life sentence? That's the thing. And the other talk was, uh, why isn't Warner in the mix? I'm thinking, really? That's a long long stretch, I think, on that one. (laughs) Yeah, I I think, yeah, like like I said, we go into this for an hour or so, but I, I (laughs) I could be convinced that Smith did have knowledge of it but wasn't complicit in it, where I think Warner was... Smack bang center making it happen, and I think one day we'll, we'll get the full story, but not till yeah, early, does it? yeah exactly. There's definitely think... a few people who got who got a lot worse than they deserved, which is what, what makes me hard to say. I, I don't think he should come back, but I still don't think he should come back as a captain. yeah. It's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, the the only thing I, I mean, I was it wasn't in, I haven't even watched that series, but I just thought he was guilty of not being a strong enough captain. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, and that's that's one of his biggest things. Like, yeah, and obviously. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to go for too long. Uh, it's just, it's just a shame that he, he's literally would have been the best batsman since Bradman, and you know, arguably, can, it, when when you compare times, that maybe, maybe even better. But I, I hey, hey, hey. Bogus, you guys are all all forgetting Adam Voges has the second highest Test average at the moment. Thank you very much. So you just I'm, put some respect on old Adam Voges's name. <laughs> I'm talking about like when yeah look anyway <laughs> he he was unbeatable um Absolutely. with a bat and and yeah but obviously that's now tarnished so we won't go into that but wrap anyway, it up Wilco back, back to Is racing brands happening at this point yeah. <laughs> I will try and uh, get some brands hatch in this week because obviously I enjoy that track and I'm, and I, I enjoy having Aussie car one week and then. The official the following week because then you don't lose you, you get still get that benefit from doing it where when it's the same one cool no problems at all but by the time you get to Saturday or Sunday you've already raced it enough you don't want to do it anymore at least you get that week that means you can go into the Tuesday morning that first session and you can already be on the ball so Ira if you're listening maybe <laughs> plan that one a bit better next time and do this more often. Um, but yeah, I'll hopefully stream stuff. Like I said, this time of year, I'm not gonna. Sh- I just couldn't stream Sunday night. I just mentally wasn't up to it. Um, hard enough to just get me to race. So I think you'll see very little streams from me till till next year. But uh, locked on lads on Facebook, locked on lads on Twitch is where you can find those. We will try and work out something with this second split, third split shenanigans, and get it up on locked on lads YT at least um, or somewhere pretty cohesively uh so we can start doing that and maybe even then practice with some of my other official races which i'll start doing again soon i need to start practicing for two big things obviously daytona 500 daytona 24 hours so uh those two things are on my radar right now to start practicing for so um yeah that'll be it so locked on lads.com slash discord is the place you can find all the other stuff but other than that Yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for being amazing. And we'll catch you again next week for week 12. See you then. Bye.